Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Feed me more. After a couple of weeks of uh, being out of action, yeah, sick, dead, dead, D-E-D rose dead. from the from the ashes, has returned to conversation with the big guy. Welcome back. I am. Back. And then we got we got JD in Florida. What's going on, buddy? It's going, Mister Enthusiastic today. <laughs> this is... That's that's uh, that's for the people that say that. Uh, no, I know. Boring. Yeah. No, that I, that's the best is just to give them the middle fingers. You should become even more yeah. boring. Hi, guys. This is JD again. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> oh, man. Ace, how you doing this week? Doing good, man. How you, how's everybody? Doing good. Welcome back to the show. You hope you had a good vacation. Nice. It was very nice. Niagara Falls is absolutely beautiful. It is, I have been there. It is. I had a hotel right outside it for an appearance there once, which I once, I remember uh, it was for a it was for a comic con and uh the night before they flew me in the day before and i got on the elevator and it was just me and i'm in the elevator and then sting just gets in full-blown like in gear <laughs> and i was it was very odd because i didn't know what was going on that day but sting was in the elevator in gear with me and uh <laughs> great guy you guys but, talk, talk at all hi hi how <laughs> 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 can you take anybody seriously now? Like, in wrestling yeah. just in general yeah, like, hi hi, <laughs> hi. I, no, I, when you're it was the day before like i don't want to see anybody he was happy to see him he's one of the really nice ones though <laughs> but i wasn't expecting to see sting in the elevator mm-hmm. but uh all right joe we, uh not joe ace we have a we have a quite the week in, in wrestling news it's still real to me, damn it! Yep. Uh, I want to start real quick week. with uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Uh, sadly, Jim the Anvil Neidhart passed away this week at the age of 63. Uh, best known as the powerhouse of the legendary Hart Foundation with his brother-in-law, Bret Hart. Bret Hitman Hart. Neidhart was also the father of current W superstar Natalia. Uh, he began his ring career after playing professional football with the Raiders and the Cowboys. He was trained by Stu Hart in the infamous Hart Dungeon. Uh, he earned the nickname the Anvil after winning an Anvil throwing contest. Uh, Neidhart married Stu's daughter Ellie to become a member of the legendary Hart family before moving to WWE. Uh, Neidhart and Hart were managed by Jimmy Hart at the Hart Foundation and won the WWF tag titles twice. Uh, in 1997, Neidhart returned along with Owen Hart, British Bulldog, and Brian Pullman to become the new Hart Foundation, which is one of the biggest acts in the WWF Attitude Era. Uh, Neidhart's legacy lives on today through his daughter. Um, you know, I was a huge Hart Foundation fan as a kid. Uh, but I was actually probably a bigger fan of Anvil than Brett. I mean, he was just huge. He had that laugh. Ha, 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 ha. He would tug on the goatee. He was just a great character. Uh, 
you know, I was reading his bio, something really depressing occurred to me. You know, Bret Hart's the only member of that anti-American Hart Foundation still alive. Yep. You know, you still got Natalia, Brian Pullman Jr., and British Bulldog Jr. carrying on that legacy, but, you know, it's rough, man. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Another, he was he was a very uh, sweet man, and uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting him several times and uh, was always extremely nice. And um, outside of that, I, I don't have a lot of experiences with him or whatnot, but, I mean, I grew up watching him, and, and he's one of the... He's one of those the faces of the past WWE that will always. He was one of the recognized faces, and uh, he was he was one of the larger than life characters back in that era that uh, everybody recognized. And you know, I, I've always been a fan of powerhouse wrestlers, obviously, and uh, he was one of the great powerhouse wrestlers back in that day. And very unfortunate, and um, uh, sorry for everybody, the family involved. It's just it's not you can't comprehend it so but i know jd you actually got to work with him a bit too didn't you and everything on the independence yeah i've uh i worked quite a few shows with jim my uh the first time i met him uh, i spent a week with him up in whitehorse uh we had a show up there and we had several days of promoting before the show so but i mean it was like a three hour day promotion thing and then the rest of the day we just you know fucked off so was around him quite a bit that week and uh, saw him here and there. But once I moved to Florida back in 2011, you know, because he's down here, I would come uh, run into him quite often at shows, whether he was part of the show or just he'd come and hang out like some of the uh, some of the guys would. So um, it's actually crazy because I was talking to uh, TJ and, and uh, the way that Jim passed was very similar to how my auntie passed away last month yeah. and uh you correct. know uh a contributing factor yeah, yeah. but they, there was you know they both fell yeah. and uh had head trauma so it's just crazy to think but um you know one thing i was happy about over the years was that jim you know because he had very public uh publicly known struggles with, with his with his demons and stuff and there, there was times when you thought, you know, it's only a matter of time, and he was able to, you know, to say he conquered it. I don't know, but he he didn't succumb to his demons, and he was able to, you know, live and uh, have a good life. And he, I mean, it's, he, 63 is too short. I don't, you know, yeah. there's there's no way around it, too. And, you know, when you talk about the other members of the Hart Foundation, it's really... Uh, a hard pill to swallow just from the aspect of all those guys were essentially in their mid to late thirties. Yeah. Right. And now it's like, you know, I'm 35 and you're, you're, you know, you're 36 or 37. It's like, it's crazy to think, right. Like that we're the age they were, you know, the age they were. So it's, uh, it's too bad, but he definitely will, have his piece in history uh, as one of the larger in life characters, you know, his look. I mean, it's a prime example, too. I mean, the business changed over the years, and the anvil would come and go, but whenever he came back, he was still the anvil, regardless of whatever was going on with, with Styles and whatnot, because his look and his promo and all that stuff was just so uh, loud. Yeah that it didn't matter that he, you know, that was his style. wasn't doing the current stuff. Yeah, exactly. Stayed, he stayed true to his style all the way through. 
That's what uh, he was a powerhouse wrestler, and uh, that's what more big guys should should stick to that. I feel like and be power. If you're a big guy, be be a powerhouse. If if you are a po- like it, it's, I get everything evolves, but he was he was a true powerhouse. Excuse me there, and uh, it's just unfortunate. Like you said, too young, and uh, it's another one that is gone. And uh, hopefully, this trend stops with wrestlers. But again, I think that's from that era too, and there it was a different period. And I think there. As hard as we all know, as hard as the wrestling lifestyle is, is back then, and with 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 alcohol and drugs and whatnot, that stuff. Those guys lived a little harder life than I think today's guys do, as far as that on that end, and whatnot. And it's it sucks. And hopefully, you know, we all we could do is learn from it and whatnot. And, but again, Alzheimer's is is genetic also, and that it's. There's no control in that, unfortunately. Yeah, you never really know. I mean, it could have been something that, you know, originally got triggered from something in his football career. Yeah, or absolutely. It could be, I mean, it could have been something even even much younger than that. He could have fallen as a kid, and just that little bit of damage was there. And, yeah. I mean, it's all stuff that I've learned from my auntie. And, um, you know, like I found out she when she was like 11, she fell off a horse and landed right on her head. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's various different ways and, and and you know things that they can say can cause alzheimer's so you never really know but it's you, you know you can't pinpoint it but no well football and wrestling are two of the worst things for the brain based off of what we've seen and he did both of them so that's i mean that's who 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 knows but it is uh, my condolences and uh it, it's a very unfortunate thing but rest in peace jim did you see uh, last night on uh, SummerSlam, Natalia came out wearing his jacket. I thought that was pretty damn cool. Yeah, that was nice. That was good for them to mention that. It looked like that was uh, good to see her back out there. And uh, she didn't have to really worry about wrestling or anything, but just kind of go out and the crowd gave her a nice reception. It probably, probably much needed for her. So, All right, uh, jump into take out, TakeOver and SmackDown. I'm going to start with TakeOver. Uh, I haven't watched NXT in a while, but it felt like uh, it, it was kind of weird. It felt like an entirely new talent pool. But you know, it's like when you watch NXT, it kind of what happens. Uh, all in all, I thought it was a really good show. But one thing, it kind of felt a little formulaic at times. It's like all the matches were the same length. All the matches featured a lot of kick-ups, finishing moves. And they were very good matches. But you know, it just kind of felt like I was seeing the same match over and over again with different wrestlers performing. Yeah, I actually uh, I caught I watched a couple matches on Takeover and I had to shut it off. Um, the guys all oh, they're incredible. I, there's just different things. It's like the it seems like the different guys and different wrestlers I talk to. It, it's different. I can't explain it. It's uh, I don't know where the the not selling moves or or um, the psychology of selling or having to do three, four, or five moves in place of one really impressive move. And by, uh, for example, Ricochet, you know, doing the backflip off the ropes. and uh, With Adam, super kick. Yeah, and Adam Cole hitting that super kick perfectly timed in place. Um, going by, if you listen to the reaction of the, the move and the crowd reaction, I would say you go for a cover there. Why do you pick the guy up after hitting this impressive finisher on a guy? Uh, what you're letting him kick out already of it. Um, I just think there's ways around that stuff rather than stacking moves. Or if you're going to do it, you do it later in a match. Everyone has their different thing. It's weird because so it's weird you see that style on NXT, but all those NXT guys that go to WWE, the main roster, they don't do that for the most part. Not not to say that from time to time they don't something doesn't get thrown in there. Seth will sometimes do a, a double stack in there, 
on things and whatnot. Uh, double, sometimes triple up a thing. But it's usually placed a little differently. Whereas I feel like sometimes watching on uh, NXT, it will be... It, there's no build-up to it. It could be a two- or three-move thing. And then also, I don't know where like the guys on... There might have been like a 30-move sequence at one point in one of the matches where guys just no-selling or maybe 20. It, it was it was something where just every move was no-sold to keep going. Like that I don't understand. That and, and call me crazy. And it seems like everybody that I talk to in the know of wrestling that seems to have a good wrestling mind doesn't understand it. I've always just trying to... I try to understand it because me and JD talk about this. And I'm like, I try to... Okay, everything evolves. But I don't understand this because there's nowhere to go from that. And then it doesn't, to me, it's a disconnect when you hit each other with 20 moves each and you can't hurt each other. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think if you're a small guy working a bigger guy, that makes sense that you have to throw more things to try to hurt that guy. But when two guys of the same size, I don't know. That's just, it's just my, my opinion on it, my take. But I know a lot of people share that and a lot of casual people watch and they don't understand it because it just then comes... To me, it exposes the business a little too much. and But again, it's not to say I don't know, because everybody could do that. Everybody can go in there and no-sell anything. They really can. It was I, I, I'm more of a... Like, I, I watched SummerSlam. I enjoyed a lot of the matches. I enjoyed, like, the Miz and Daniel yeah. Bryan match. And that stuff doesn't go on on that. And you could have great matches without doing that and keep the integrity of pro wrestling and the history of pro wrestling intact still. So, But athletically, it, it's great. Everything they do, it's just if they it takes you four or five super kicks to to then try to pin a guy to kick out. What does that say about your super kick? It's not so super. <laughs> JD, anything on that? Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. I'm not going to lie. When you said uh, double stack and triple stack, I was thinking about hamburgers yeah, there. I was trying to think who, uh, who, who calls their hamburgers that was, was that used to be Wendy's. Wendy's, yeah. Wendy's. Was it Wendy's? Yeah, I think we all, yeah, I've had many. We all just that. jumped on that. <laughs> Feed me more hamburgers. Um, I don't know if this for, is the conversation me, you for, want to get into. <laughs> no, I, I no, Cause I'll have to keep it short. Yeah. Um, the disconnect for me is the fact that these matches from an athletic standpoint and from a, uh, a move standpoint are incredible, but nobody is going to remember the match itself or, you know, most of the match in a week or two because it's so much that it's too much to process like you can't and it's and a lot of the match will be a blur like they might be a couple spots that stick out in someone's yeah. mind a couple weeks later but it's going to be a blur and the biggest aspect of pro wrestling has always been emotion emotion conveyed to the audience through selling emotion for the way that a match was paced and things were delivered and or presented to that crowd and it's the emotion first and foremost with the moves secondary, which have created 
these lifetime memories that exist in pro wrestling. Like there are, are, are matches and, and scenarios and segments and spots that will live through the annals of time 20, 30, 40 years from now that happened 20 years ago because of all the emotion around it. It wasn't the specific, you know, move or maybe the move was a combination of an emotional buildup and the way everything is. Yeah. And the way everything is now, it's like done. What's next done. What's next done. And it's like, Okay, well, I mean, at some point you're going to run out of things to do, there's and no, it gets, there's nowhere to go from that, is what I'm saying. There's nowhere to go. I yeah. mean, you know, like you know, I saw that spot on Instagram because I didn't watch Takeover the the Ricochet spot, and hell of a spot. I wish I wish it was oh, at the end of the match. It, yes, it's you know, and if that wasn't going to be the finish, because what Ricochet went over, yeah. right? So if that's not going to be the finish, you know, it should have been where. I don't want to see a cover on that. Even if no, it's a I, I was kick, just going to yeah. say you no. Know, I was going to say you could see the cover, but Ricochet should have been on top. Cole selling, but maybe something happened right before that took a little bit out of both of them. Ricochet's on top. He's got Cole. Cole selling. Ricochet catches his breath. You know, gets his bearings about him. He goes for the move, backflip. Cole super kicks, but he's had this all this taken out of him. It takes him an extra step or two to get over there for the cover, yeah. thus allowing Ricochet to kick out a two and seven eights. Holy fucking Where you protect shit. The integrity of the move still without just, cause it, it's so impressive. Uh, it's because you, you allowed everybody to believe that that was the finish. And then you can't believe he kicked out versus holy shit. And then you pick him up. Holy shit. Yeah. One, two, he kicks out. And it's like, you know, a, the term false finish comes from the fact that you used to make the audience believe that that was the finish. Yeah. And a lot of people now, what they do is they take moves or finishing moves and they just hit them. Yeah. And it's happening know, well, that's everywhere. A false, it's... That's a false finish. That's a false. No, a false finish came from the fact that you would do a spot or a move and you actually made the people believe that was the finish. And then yep. when the person kicked out, it was like, holy shit, that wasn't the finish. Yep. Why do you think those last few matches of Undertaker, especially his, his uh, two matches with Sean and his <laughs> Triple H and everything? The way that they did those false finishes, they had, you know, it was unbelievable because you thought that they were the finish. They sucked you in because, of, but they've spent yeah. years putting those moves over. And that, that's the other thing, too. There was this too. emotional investment in these moves, and you thought it was over. Now, guys do finishing moves or high spots because it's like they're telling you this is a false finish, but you, you know, they're not going to kick out yeah. or you know they're going to kick out. I'm sorry. So I don't know. I mean, I just try to understand it because I just my thing is where do you go from it because you're taking away the psychology of, of wrestling doing that you don't because the, arg- the argument back is well this is strong style well here here's the problem if, if everybody's doing strong style and I don't want to hear the Japanese argument because their culture with wrestling has been completely different from the beginning yeah okay and they're conditioned to that if everybody is doing strong style. And everybody is no selling everybody. At what at what point is it okay to sell? Because if everybody's trying to out strong style each other and out strong style each other, it's going to get to the point where so so now you have to hit somebody thirty forty times That's before they're going to sell. But but late, but late in the match too, when you should be fatigued and beat up, you know. And and we talk about this stuff, and I know there's going to be people who listen who are like you know, bitter or Fuck jealous them. or anything. No, because it could, everything could be 
so much better in terms of the excitement. Yeah. If you're you were emotionally invested, and in, you know, it's like we talked about on uh, was it last week's episode or whatever about the spoilers. Yes. Yeah. Right, because like so, w- when you don't take away your own emotional investment with the spoilers, it, it, it's all of a sudden a better show. Yeah. Right. Same thing with the matches. If if the matches were presented in a way that allowed the people to become more emotionally invested, everything would actually seem and would be better and the excitement level would be greater. Yeah. So that's where I just, I don't, I don't understand. But we've, we've also talked about too, that you look at all the biggest baby faces in pro wrestling, they all sold their asses off. They had to sell. Yeah, you had to. You, Austin sold his ass off. Some of Brock's best matches, even though Brock is a, is a, is a a heel essentially. But when Brock is, but when Brock has sold his ass off, it makes the match a million times better. Some of his best matches are when he's really, really selling, and and he and he sells great when he. But like The Rock, you know, Hogan sold for guys, even though he would Hulk up and whatnot. But like it, it's just different. I don't know what it. I don't know, and I don't. It, it's weird to me to see one brand doing it that way, and then right above it, the main brand doesn't go all out like that because I and I feel I'm like I well why are they allowing that to do that? And I know you're saying well it's a different brand. I just it does something, but it, it's like well, where where do you go from it? Because their finishers aren't their finishers. Their moves have no effect. Essentially, is what you're telling me. It takes them thirty or forty moves to get a guy down. Now, I don't know. It, it's it's just different. And I I I tried it. Like I couldn't. I talked to a few other people. As it was, it's just me and and every the few guys I talked to. They're like, no, he turned it off. Like they, it's just different. I can't explain it. But it's like these. I actually EC3 and Velveteen Dream. I thought they they did some good stuff in theirs. They didn't go crazy on all that. Essentially, there was a couple little things in there, but like EC3 gets it. He understands and he understands wrestling psychology and whatnot. And it just I enjoyed that match more. That and that's just me, just watching. I had that in my. What's I that? had that in my notes. Uh, you know, Velveteen Dream is only 23 years old, and uh, he seems to wrestle in that old school style. I think you know he has a high ceiling. I think, uh, and again, the, his 23th birthday was just yesterday. In Velveteen, though, the one thing that makes him stand out from everybody else outside he's super athletic and uh, he has character development. He puts thought in the, in the character, which is what people that is pro wrestling. That will always get you. That is how you get over is having character development one way or another. The moves are just one little small part of it. So it's, and that's one thing. It you... seems like everybody's characters now are, if you, it's like, I'm athletic and I'm, right? Character description. I'm athletic and I'm, I'm strong. I don't give up. I don't quit. Never qu- Okay, cool. Well, but everybody else is saying that too. And then, okay, so you take the Velveteen Dream and he's got all of these, you know, layers to his character that he's slowly introducing to the people and hey he might be coming up with them week to week himself i don't know but yeah. the fact is there's those there's those layers are there and you know we talked about that before too the more layers you have as a character the bigger reach you'll have or to a bigger audience yeah and there's other more people that will like you or more people that will dislike you yeah. but what you know when i look at the rosters especially nxt it's just like Everybody is an athlete. Okay, well, that's great. Well, I remember when, you know, Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect didn't come out and tell everybody they were athletes, but they were at the athletes. They were yeah. the workhorses, right? 
but they didn't come out there and beat their chests. It's like, I'm the athlete and yeah, you know, I'm strong. The selling and sympathy were two crucial ingredients to a successful baby face. It doesn't matter what era it was, you know, even like you said, Hogan, cool moves. Heels didn't do moves to try to get applause and, well, even if they do it, look at the end of you know, let's things change, right? Yeah. So heels do more cool moves now. But the fact is, is long if the if the baby faces were selling and got the sympathy that was needed, people would be overlooking the coolness of the moves. Yeah. They're looking at the coolness of the moves because they're not comparing it to anything else. It's yeah. like, well, his moves are cool, like the baby faces moves, or maybe they're cooler. But if they were lost in the fact that this guy's getting his ass kicked. And people felt sorry for him, or at least were like, God damn, like he's really, you know, they're not focusing so much on how cool the move is, yeah. right? It's like that, that's such a surface um, appeal and the selling and, 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 and the sympathy, it's deep, right? Like it gets in your fibers and it's like, you know, something can happen where it's like, oh God, like it almost turns your stomach that this is happening to him and you know, I, maybe wrestling will never be able get that deep again but I don't at know. least try I don't my know. thing too is i notice is i know we're going on a little bit about this but and i told you this jd i feel like too with the wrestlers the whole point of professional wrestling is to not hurt each other i feel like now more than ever guys are doing more dangerous things to try to convince the people that they're hurting each other but it's on parts of the ring or the floor that really do hurt you. Um, I've noticed the NXT happened. They pulled back the canvas. They were now doing spots on the boards, um, which is going to start to me. I'm like, okay, so this is the next evolution of pro wrestling. Now we're going to start doing things. And, and telling you, the guys, I've seen you sent me some clips, JD, of guys doing moves off the top of the ladder where they're taking ass bumps and spiking a guy on top of the back of his neck and head on the independence things. Not going to make any money if you can't wrestle. And that stuff, the human body, it takes one thing. It's, I, I don't, that to me is, that's not the pro wrestling I grew up watching. Or, and I, I'm, not, I, I'm not a fan of it. And, and again, if you're going to do something like that, you better make sure you're getting a hell of a paycheck that's going to cover your medical bills afterwards and you have insurance because it's, there's so, a million other things you could do. It really is. It's, uh, it just seems like it's getting, and I'm seeing more and more guys do moves on the floor. And I don't, and I was like, when did this start becoming like you're legitimately just fucking yourself up? It's, I don't know. I, I just don't know what to say to that. I, I, I feel like, and you watch a match like Miz and Daniel Bryan, probably one of the best matches on the, either of the shows. And, and there was none of that. There was a story and there was great wrestling. And, uh, I think it will always stand the test of time when you have that. Yeah, I mean, it seems on the main roster they do a little bit more of that storytelling and, you know, heel versus villain. Th- you know, you have the AJ and Samoa Joe match. I mean, you know, where Samoa Joe was kind of, you know, t- mocking AJ's wife and mocking his child. It had an old school feel to it. And, you know, like you said, with Miz and Daniel Bryan, the finish was a foreign object finish. I mean, it was, again, it was very well classic done. wrestling. And I, and I loved, absolutely loved watching that kind of stuff. Yeah, so uh, do I. you were. You, uh, you're talking about the dangerous moves. I noticed one thing on both shows, they were doing a lot of moves on the apron. Yeah. And the worst was friggin' Jeff Hardy when he did that swanton bomb. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Shinsuke moved, and he friggin' landed neck first on the friggin' apron. I'm like, why that? What the hell is the point of that? I don't, I don't know. It's, um, at least 
that again, it's on a pay per view. It's a big pay per view. You know, Jeff's been known to do some crazy things on the big shows. Necessarily, he doesn't. He doesn't do that on on every show, obviously. And that's a guy. Like he'll put it. He's not doing that on an independent show for nothing. Or you know what I mean? It's. But again, yeah. though, it's. I'm of the same mindset. It's. It's almost like guys are now trying to. Oh, let's. The crowd knows it's fake, so let's show them that we're really hurting ourselves. Though, when you could do a million other things and not really hurt yourself, I don't know. It's, but Jeff's always been really good at like being Gumby and not getting hurt doing that <laughs> stuff. In all fairness, he had like, he's been one of the few guys that's done some pretty crazy things over the years and doesn't seem to to ever take effect to him. Even though he's been uh, beat up more this WWE run, you know, Father Time catches up to everybody. But I've noticed that too, and uh, you know, it's I don't I don't know what to think about it personally. Uh, you know, the other thing, you know, I know we're kind of, kind of what Keith wrestling new short this week. Um, you know, Dame Ambrose returned last week. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, I love his new look. He's all jacked up, you know, the goatee. He looks like a total badass. Uh, yeah, I gotta admit, I kind of expect he's got to turn on Seth. He just looks like, you know, he's going to be that heel, but, uh, but Rob Rollins and Ziggler had another great match this, uh, during SummerSlam too. Absolutely. I caught uh, a good portion of their match and thought it was it was. It's crazy to see how the crowd. That crowd was so into that match, different, yep. and <laughs> compared to the crowd and their main event match, and it's like that's the other thing too. And I will say, SummerSlam. I had it on from when I was at the gym, and I put it on at home. I watched a lot of it. I couldn't sit and watch the whole thing. I had to get. I was doing other things, and it, it was a very long show. And the, the crowd was noticeably dead during several of the matches. Um, I thought I thought the crowd was even kind of down for Miz and Daniel Bryan for part of it. Or, yeah. It, 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 not and not because of the match or anything they did, but because they were just. When you put that much pro wrestling on, it's really tough. But you could see, I, I'm. It, it's almost. I think the best. Sometimes I think it's best to be first on the card from a crowd when you got time. And Ziggler's been known to do that. Rollins too. When they open a show, they give you a main event match for that opening. Opening match, but it's really hard to go on from that too. And you see the card because you could see the crowd is literally emotionally so invested right in that first match, and it, it's tough. And like New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers, that I thought the crowd was already get coming down for the second yeah. match. Like it was weird. And then, uh, but I, it, it was a long night. So, but those guys just. Unbelievable! Every time they step in the ring, so it, those, like Ziggler has great chemistry with the majority of guys that he works. So he's uh, as does Rollins. So, but yeah, phenomenal job by both those guys. And Dean being back, welcome back, Dean. It was, he was out for was out for like ten months. Ten months, yeah. Yeah, so it's good to see Dean are back and uh, hopefully stay healthy and put on a few pounds. He's probably able to. He's been on the road straight for that whole time, you know. From the Shield debut, on it's it's a it's a rapid pace, and your body fluctuates. You deal with injuries, and he was noticeably a lot thinner towards the end, and he was probably beat up pretty bad. And then get a chance, you recover, get your body back under you, get some get some rest. You get your home some home cooked meals, and you're working out at your regular gym every day. And looks like he put on ten or fifteen pounds. He looks he looks a lot healthier, and he looks good. So uh, it's good to see him back. Anything All right, I think that wraps up the wrestling. I think that wraps up the wrestling news for the week. All right, Ace. Anything you want to plug for this week? 
Sure, you can find Mike Ace Malero on criticalblast.com. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at SketchNM. Uh, I just wanted to tell you I'm down 19 and a half pounds this, uh, as of today. Congratulations. Um, you had a little bit of a leg injury, you said, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I fell down the stairs uh, after getting home from vacation and kind of messed up my ankle. But, uh, you know, still keeping up with everything. So, Well, take it easy here. Keep the diet on track, everything. And, uh, and then once you're clear to kind of start, I would say give it a week or two. You should... If it's sprained, it should start feeling better and then slowly start easing back into any, everything. But I would just stay on t- on top of the diet like you have been, and uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't really suffer too much here. So, and, and get back on your feet. But Ace, thank you very much for that. We're gonna go ahead. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Bye, Ace. Hey guys, it's the big guy Ryback with Feed Me More Nutrition, and right now we have our summer specials only available on FeedMeMore.com. Buy one vanilla iso-hungry protein, get the second half off. Buy one cherry limeade, wake up unlimited energy, get the second half off. The Big Guy Testosterone Booster is now back in stock. And check out our Finish It Branch Chain Amino Acid Electrolyte Pump Matrix. Great combo specials are also available all summer long. Get hungry, stay hungry, feed me more. And we're back. Oh, the gang is back together, guys. Yeah. They got Asian Joe in the house. You uh, you were quite sick there, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 what a couple weeks ago we had, you had an issue with. I mean, same. Uh, unfortunately, Sophie had her back issue. Yeah. Um. So we we scheduled, but I was unfortunately had a, had bowling that night when you did the the last podcast. Your bowling trophy uh, thing is up there, by the way. Yeah. The thing was broke, just yeah, so I fine. didn't want to. That's fine. That's. I mean, we won. It fell and hit the little guy one day because the, the thing was back up and then it just fell again oh, and it fell and hit. He got so scared. Yeah, so. well, that proves him to stay out of the freaking podcast. <laughs> um, he likes to sneak yeah, in. Yeah, so then the following week, I had. Thing is, so like, it, I knew I didn't, like, it felt like I had a fever, but I kept, you know, I, I checked my temperature. It was like 96. Then the next day, I woke up, I took the temperature again. It's like, like 101.4. And that's pretty serious. Yeah, it, it was pretty serious. And so like, you know, they all, you know, make sure you drink lots of fluids. You know, I took Tylenol to try to keep the, uh, the fever down. Um, but it got to a point where I literally had to shut off the AC cause I was, it was basically freezing. Even though Ooh. it was, even though it was like 75 degrees in my house, yeah. I had to shut off the vents. So at 90 degrees in my house, you were shivering cold. No, I was, that was my, that was the comfort level. Wow. Of, and in, wow. So that way I can sleep. It was just That's like, nuts. And, and so, but it's like I mean, sleeping in a sauna. Yeah. And so, yeah, but yeah, then, um, you know, I was coughing nonstop. I mean, I think the last podcast I was able to come, you know, I was able to get rid of my fever, but I was still coughing. And yeah. so I did. That's what you said. Yeah, that's why I told you. It's like, yeah, it's probably it. a bad idea for me to be on, uh, <coughs> yeah, coughing every now and then. Um, but Piss now, more people off that listen but, to the show I mean, to get pissed off. So yeah, actually I didn't, I couldn't eat for two days. And so I think I lost a good 10 pounds. Oh, it's amazing when you stop eating <laughs> yeah. how quick you could lose weight. Well, it's like, that's what it always says. Like, man, it's always nice to have a flu because you lose 10 good You 10 lose 10 some pounds. weight, yeah. yeah. You put it on as soon as you start eating and drinking again, mm-hmm. though. You throw it, it comes right back yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Especially the water weight. Cause yeah, that's what, that's what it was. Water. I'm yeah. sweating. I was sweating it out from the sauna. <laughs> well, we're glad you're back. Yeah. Everything been good for you? Yeah. Just, um, Outside of that? Yeah, just trying to you know, catch up on some work and since I was you know, sick. Um, I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna be doing some traveling in the next cu- couple months. 
Yeah, we're so. gonna be busy. This uh, that's what I got shows. I got two shows this weekend for Northeast Wrestling, and then uh, I start my every week stuff at the end of September. Okay, traveling every weekend, but I'll I'll, I'll be back on Sundays. But it's just constant. Fly out Friday, back Sunday. Fly out Friday, back Sunday. Yeah. Till almost the end of the year. So. Gotcha. It's. So we almost have to think. I probably have to do the podcast like what Mondays. Sundays yeah. or Sundays, Mondays. Monday either way, yeah. depending on the time I get back. It's gotcha. always travel days. It's always easier to it, do it the day after because I feel like. Yeah, because you're you're scrambling, trying to you're trying to rest up. You're tired. Airports always like by the time you get home, like I might get home at like it says you can you get in at one thirty in the afternoon, but you don't no, get don't get into your door till three, three and then yeah. you got to unpack. Yeah, that's if there's no delays or anything. Exactly. And, like, and then before you know it, it's five o'clock and you're like, I haven't even done anything yet. Yeah. You're just like fuck, yeah. So it's uh, we'll have to be balancing that out a little bit again. But okay, well, we're coordinated. We always work work things out. We always figure out a way. Yeah. The uh, PJ Black actually mentioned we got part two of his interview coming up today, guys. So stay tuned for that coming up next. But he doubt he'd mentioned to me today he would like to he enjoyed doing the show. He was like he was like he wanted to do a Meatheads uh, with Brains podcast. <laughs> And I go, I can't take on anything else. I go, but you can come on our show. Right. I go, if Asian Joe, I go, he misses a show here and there or whatever. And yeah. he goes, oh, I would love to. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I'll drive down from L.A. And I was like, fuck, got a nice seat over here. I'll have to switch out the microphone cover. No, let's keep it pink. Why is it, let's keep he, it pink. he does. He's a, he's a pink guy. He yeah. likes, yeah, very. He's a pink guy. Like, no, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't, sorry, PJ. That didn't, that didn't come out right. I meant, like, he likes the colors. Okay. Like, he, in his gear, he, like, he wears bright colors. Yeah. God damn. That was sounded horrible. <laughs> uh, never, after listening to the podcast, he'll never, never come talk on this to show. Me again, yeah. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Sorry, PJ. Oh my the, god. Uh, but yeah, that's what uh, training. I started training last week. Been in the gym doing my burpees, and I had to rush home and do a like, big workout today, and then do my conditioning at home on my assault bike and jump rope, and it's just. Uh, I was thinking I'm going to go out in the pool and hot tub later, do some laps too, just so I'm in shape for the wrestling matches. I got two of them this weekend, back east in Connecticut and Massachusetts. I'm actually supposed to meet a couple people from WWE back in Connecticut this weekend. Not like office people or anything, but oh, okay. the uh, couple friends back there that work for WWE. Not wrestlings, but they're like this pre office people. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't seen in a bit. So gotcha. it's uh, always nice to see them catch up. I haven't been in Connecticut probably over, well over a year, haven't been out there. So maybe even longer, maybe closer to a year and a half. It's amazing how much time has gone by, how fast time has gone by. Yeah. But I actually feel phenomenal with the stem cells. This is the best I've been. Oh, yeah. You had your, what, last week? Back and shoulder. Week? It's been, a, my back was a month ago. Okay. And then my shoulder was two weeks ago today. Okay. So, yeah, I was out. And, was and out. I'm, uh, it's, good? yeah, I'm like, my weight has stayed up. I've been in the 280s and I'm creeping back up. I'm you able to. You still do the inter, intermittent uh, fasting? Fasting, yeah. Okay. I got to eat one more meal after this tonight and. It's uh, the fasting has changed my life. Yeah. Me and PJ were talking about that. He does it too. It's... I actually downloaded an app to uh, basically keep track of how many hours and stuff like that. So really? I tried it like a couple of days, and it's like I'm freaking starving. So you got to you see you got to get past that. That's the yeah. uh, you got to do it for. Then I got sick, and so it's like, well, <laughs> I fasted for 48 hours, yeah. so that counts for something. That messes you up. You, <laughs> yeah, you just got to essentially get it. <laughs> you got to get a, on schedule with the time. Yeah, like, I, I I personally like to do two to ten. Yeah. That's I would probably I, I I should 
I wouldn't mind adjusting it even a little more to be a little earlier, depending on, because it depends. I, I don't like to work out, though, now. I like to eat the first meal, then go work out. Now, the question after. is, though, like, what if, like, but so you have that, what, six-hour or four-hour span to eat? Is eight hours. Eight hours, yep. to eat. So what happens if you just, like, eat, like, two meals between eight hours? And so That's fine. You, okay. That's, I, I get three in, though. But I do a big first meal. Okay. Then I typically do my ISO hungry protein shake, either with coconut oil or two or three scoops of my carbohydrate powder, mm-hmm. which is just straight carbs and protein, no fats. And then my <laughs> third meal, I do another big carb protein meal. Um, and it's uh, that's it. I'm only eating three times a day, and I'm as heavy as I've ever been. And yeah, you look good. Like, I saw your some of your Instagram. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. that. Let's, no homo. No, but yeah. <laughs> You look super. The uh, but it's been, and I'm just back and just trying to get in shape here. And, but it's it's tough, man, with the fasting. You got to get you got to get on a little bit yeah, of. Yeah, it's really tough, especially like for me. Like I'm social, you know, with some of the you know some of the people here that comes into town. It's like, dude, let's hey go Joe, out. come on, have this cheeseburger with yeah. us, Joe. I mean, yesterday I went to STK, <laughs> and it was like because um, the exotic dancer convention is going on. You live an amazing. Life. I, I I try. I should just hang around you. All I would probably I would be around all. <laughs> yeah, the... but you're Mister Antisocial. I am. I told out. you that. I yeah. I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I like try to hit like, hey, dude, there's a there's a there's a convention going on. Once they want to have you out here, it's like, nah, I just want to. I hate podcast conventions. Last time I did it, the guy ripped me off. It wasn't a po- it wasn't a podcast convention, but they want the you to do a podcast. Piece of uh, shit. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like. Sometimes the, uh, I just look and it's like, how the fuck did I get involved with this? I don't know if that would be good for me. I feel like I would be around those that would be around all the wrong kinds of women, though. So it would be like just going from but one. The thing is, I do hang out with the wrong kinds of women. Yeah, but you don't date them, so that's the yeah. difference. I would end up dating because them, Because I already Joe, know they're the problem already is. crazy. So. <laughs> I would end up with like, you, you're, you're I'd full. have three kids in this house, three different mothers, and yeah, just fucking true. no you're, money. You're, it's full of poor decisions. I'm, be fucking doing pre-show matches because I needed the money. God damn. Just We'd have to add a new, a new segment to the show every week. Ryback's broken babe story. Yeah, yeah. Ryback's baby daddy problems yeah. or, or baby mama problems. Asian Joe doing a spinoff show with my exes just fucking <laughs> trashing me. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. God. But, yeah, I mean – yeah, it's just difficult with you know, especially um, when we have friends coming in town. Like, dude, let's go eat. And it's like, ah, oh. I'll just have a water. Yeah, with ice, be like, lemon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could. It's just. It's could, but it's just tough. Do they? Do the girls pressure you to eat? Come on, Joe. Mm. Have a taco. It's not. It's it's like well the Pink. thing is all at <laughs> well I went to SCK and it was um it was already like SCK is expensive. I mean, what is this place? Uh, it's a steakhouse at the Cosmo. Yeah, the, man, there's this. By the way, the, this there's a sushi place too at Hard Rock. What's the, the cut? Um, uh, I think it's op- it opened up. It's a new place, right? It may, I don't know. We went there last year. The WWE. Oh, Nobu. Yeah, Nobu. Nobu, Nobu, Nobu. Because I'll go to Kaizen or Sushi Tachi yeah, here. Yeah, I you, love that place. You get the all you can eat for, for. I end up going usually with a tip and everything. It's I like spend forty, 40 bucks. bucks. Yeah. yeah. But freaking Nobu, Nobu, forty bucks. I'd I'd get like two pieces of fish, yeah, little shrimp, yeah, little like I, I couldn't. I was like, for the amount I eat, I would like if I did that on a regular basis, I would be broke. Yeah, you, yeah. like it would. It was I. For sure. I eat so much food. It would be that would be a five six hundred dollar bill. Well, you have for to think the though, like when you go on the strip. I mean, this is for all the fans who come out to Vegas. It's like you got to remember the, the the strip is geared toward tourists, so everything's jacked up. It's like five. 
10 times yeah. more pricier than you go off the strip. Yep. Um, That's what I've noticed on that. Like, so back to the steakhouse. Yeah. So the steakhouse, the thing is, like, it was paid for the one of the, um, I think, one of the owners who owns one of the, the, the clubs in New Orleans. I do need to hang out with you more. And paid for, huh? It was all paid for. And it was Ooh. just like they gave it appetizers, and you have an option of getting entrees. But it was like so much food. Because times like, like this, I feel like if you message me a little beforehand, I could have. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to come I out? I just come and eat and leave. But the problem is, hey, like, guys, you want to come out after? No, no, sorry, guys, I gotta go. We always plan. It's like, hey, let's go bowling. We never go bowling. Let's go. Hey, do you want to come out to a uh, Sapphire or uh, you know, come out the pool? It's like, oh, I got some stuff. Well, that too. I've never committed to that. The bowling, we did plan on bowling. Right. That I'm but, still down for the bowling. But yeah, I always just like, I was like, oh, I should hit it right back to come out and hang out. It's like. No, he's gonna do. You never thing. know. It's, it's it's an odds thing. The more you do it, then it just randomly it would be like, okay, let's do it. You'd be shocked. Right. Okay. It's, don't give up. Okay. Just, it, well, I remember last time during EVN, we were supposed to hang out, but then you got totally hammered. Wait. Yeah, that was. But that was the night before. That was for the Super Bowl, wasn't it? The, no, it with, wasn't the Super Bowl. I think it was. Uh, it was an event that me and Phoenix. Did uh, I go out with Dolph? Oh, no, me yeah, and Dolph. Yeah, went, me and Zigman went out. That, oh, I was and trash. Then, yeah. I know, yeah. That's when I went and spent all the money at like, Sapphire. Yeah, yeah and because like, I remember, I think Phoenix and I went to some. To I saw that. Phoenix at the Hard Rock with uh, the other girl yeah. that she was with, and I was already loaded. Yeah. We were by that, we were in the middle bar, <laughs> and then it got, it just slowly got worse from there. Yeah. So that was a fun night. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't go out much, but when I go, I go hard on the paint, Joe. Yeah, you do. You, you literally can't get, you can't get me to go home after I go out. You're like, no. somebody get him home now. <laughs> no, we're partying. I, I am Frank the Tank when I decide to go, <laughs> which I'm never Frank the Tank. And then I'm going to slowly walk away. It's like, I don't know yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was, uh, I say Frank the Tank, but not in a, in a calm way. Like, I'm controlled. Right. I'm not like You're controlled, yeah. But you just like, we're like, God damn, he goes hard. Somebody gave me a, a, a marijuana pen at yeah, the Yeah, I remember that. That's where I was like, <laughs> just... I, you, you just do a couple hits of that thing. I, I had to have gone through the whole thing. That was what drinking, oh, it was, it, don't get me wrong, it was a great time. I wouldn't take any of it back because it was, it's good to go all out sometimes yeah. and just have a good time. I got home safely. I didn't drive any of that thing. But it was also dangerous because Zigman had a flight out early. Oh, shit. And they had to bounce out of Sapphire because I took off and went up to one of the private rooms which and completely left off of them, and they had to leave. Yeah. But they, they were kind of we were all together, right? And then before I know it, big guys all alone and fucking in a bad place. <laughs> Luckily, should have called me like Joe. Can you save me? The ex like, helped me get home all right. Then it's night. funny because like I've been to Sapphire so many times. Like it's like, everyone knows me there. That is pretty. That, that place was. I, I've only been there once. It was. It was a good time. Yeah, it's definitely a good time. You got it. I know. I know a few girls that they always ask come in. I go. I don't feel like spending like nine hundred dollars no. tonight to well, hang out. Is, I go to Sapphire. Don't even spend time. Yeah. No. But it's. It was sitting just out on the main thing was very comfortable. Like I had a good time, but yeah. I was also in a very unique state from everything. So it might have looked way cooler than it really was. I yeah. Don't know. Well, did you guys get, get like a, a booth, or did you guys get like we had a one little... of the? T- we had like one of the little. We had a booth with the and there were yeah. the chairs around. Yeah, and yeah, like, those are there's like the, the the booth that you actually pay extra. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah, if you get if you get bottle service and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, there was stuff all around. Yeah, it was probably bottle service. Full conversation and stuff. with Disco Inferno and don't remember it. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was, I see him all the time. He's funny. I love that guy, yeah, man. He was he was like I did their podcast him and Conan. It oh, was, okay. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, he's uh, he's an entertaining guy. Yeah, boy. He has a hell of a job there, man. 
Yeah. He probably makes really good money. And, and yeah, you know, all, all he does, he works in the back and checks just the around girls. hot women. Yeah, he checks in girls. Yeah, that's like that's the, all he does. He has a dream job. Yeah. I feel like of. God damn. But it's, it's so funny because when the, when the feature comes to Sapphire on the weekends, yeah. like, he comes over, hey, can, can I take a picture with you guys? <laughs> and it's funny and it's funny because like... It's for his Instagram. They, but yeah, but they look at they look at him as like, oh, I guess they thought it was like a, like, a, like a fan or something or just, just someone's working there. It's yeah. a fan. And I, I, I later on, my, I told him, I was like, oh, by the way, that's Disco Inferno. I was like, really? You no. YouTube him. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, no, they, they know who he is. Yeah. After I tell him, it's like, no way. It's like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> so. He's um, a good guy. So, anything going on? Uh... How's your ass, JD? <laughs> what? Oh, so yeah, I was going to say, you Just... know, last week you said, how's it going? And I said, I'm butthurt. Yeah. And uh, this week, I'm butthurt again, uh, but for a different reason. Why is that? Well, my bruise is going away. It's now, uh, it's no longer black and purple. Oh, it's like hockey? red. Is it from hockey? Yeah. It's like oh, yeah. I know that. Red, means. red, pink, and yellow. Oh. JD's slowly getting more and more beat up every week as the show goes on with yeah. hockey. Or wait, are you, are, not, you, are you still kind of like, you're still in like the beginner league, and, but you're holding back? Is that, is that, remember, I remember you had this conversation. You had to hold back on your scoring. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm, Still in the beginner league because you couldn't uh, change divisions yeah, mid season. Right, right, right. We just we just uh, finished the halfway point of the season uh, this past Saturday, so we have six more weeks, and uh, I'll have to decide what I want to do. The um, I love this whole. I don't know. I just picture Happy Gilmore. Like uh, we have this conversation with JD and like about the hockey and like and then but like. Obviously, you, you, I know you. You're good at hockey, but like, I just in my head, like some listener out there, like probably doesn't even play. <laughs> like, just thinking, like we just completely make stuff up on this show. But keep going, sorry. Oh well, let me make up the next part on why I'm butthurt. Then <laughs> <laughs> I uh, no, I'm butthurt for a different reason this week because I started that uh, new prescription. Anybody wants to Google it? It's called Lactulose. Uh, it's to remove. The ammonia from my blood. I have very toxic levels of ammonia in my blood. But the side effect is it sends you to the fucking bathroom ten, t- 10 times a day. So you're having anal leakage. I have uh, anal issues, we'll say that. And uh, it fucking Should sucks, dude. It, it's, it's, uh, you know, I mean, like, that's how I'm discarding the ammonia because essentially what's happening is my liver is not working right from uh damage relating yep. to the mold yeah and uh you know i can't really touch on that stuff right now but um so it's supposed to be filtered through the liver and then you know you piss it out but my liver is not working right so the ammonia has been building back up in my bloodstream and it goes up into your brain and it essentially very slowly poisons you and uh it's it's kind of scary actually like yeah. you know this is, everything's new to me like i don't i never even heard of such like i thought like ammonia poisoning was like you breathing in ammonia yeah you know i i had no idea like it can come from within and i'm like did i you, have goddamn uh, what's that sorry did you so how did you did you like had like some weird symptoms that's why you went to the doctor and that's what you found out or how did you encounter the fact that you had high levels of ammonia Long story well, I have, on this kind of right though, but like with the whole mold. Oh, no, mold? I mean I can. Oh, so no, I, 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 okay. I, 
I have to sum it up anyways. I mean, because yeah. with the litiga- litigation, yeah. I can't really. No, um, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. basically, I get uh, periodic blood work to check mm. certain levels because uh, my liver values and my kidney values were were messed up, and um, we there's a couple other things we check. But my ammonia has always been ever since you know everything was discovered last year. It's been high, but it's slowly been been uh, uh, getting higher and higher. And then my recent blood work, you know, just to give you an example here, the, the safe or normal ammonia levels in the body are supposed to be zero to forty-seven. And my last blood test, I was at one hundred and two, so I was almost triple uh, the levels and. The mycotoxins that I have in me are already in my brain. So when I just recently discovered that the ammonia goes back up and essentially, you know, is toxic to the brain, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm getting a double whammy here? Yeah. So then they prescribed me lactulose, which is it's it. the only thing that I could see online that there is to help the body remove the ammonia now that's good but it doesn't actually solve the problem you know if i stop taking the lactulose then it doesn't solve the problem my liver not working right so the ammonia will just build back up and i don't want to be stuck taking this stuff i mean i have i have to take 45 cc's a day split up into three dosages and each dose is pretty much good for two to four trips to the bathroom that's it's never fun. That's uh, no, I, you know, literally pain in the ass. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. Fucking pun intended. <laughs> Joe, what's the uh, what's going on this week? You um, said uh, no, what's in the news? I mentioned this so like so since we're doing a podcast and um, are we? Um, I are we? I yeah. think we are. I think we are. Uh, no, so I think when I was gone, um, Twitter, what YouTube. Uh, Apple, they dropped Alex Jones, and he's like a political commentary. I know we don't talk about politics, but um, they all these platforms just dropped him um, based on the the violations of the term services of basically talking about paid speech. Um, so that's the reason why they dropped really? him. Yeah, and so JD was mentioning this to me because I'm kind of oblivious to all this, right? And going on, and so you know, I mean, I seen some of Alex Jones. I don't know if you watched him before, but you, I, I didn't never heard of him. No, but until me and JD, JD was talking to me about this on Voxer. Okay, and then I told you all of a sudden on my YouTube channel when I would like my things on view, I, like I never watched one thing on Alex Jones. All of a sudden, the next day after me, JD brought this up to me of everything going on. There's Alex Jones stuff all in my YouTube thing showing up. I'm just like, wait, how did this show up in here when I've never searched? Because usually it's based off what you watch. I think it seems like I think Google I mean, yeah, or YouTube has access to. They are tracking me to, like a hawk. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, you talk about Alex Jones? Here's all the, the yeah. list of articles about <laughs> no, but Alex we, Jones. People, we talk about this. We are being watched on everything. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. There's no doubt. Like they. Yeah, I mentioned this before that Google's collecting data through your phones. Yeah. Even if you turn off your Wi-Fi Even on any, or yeah, anything. Um, but no, it's, oh, it's so, lovely. so it's like, you know, the whole issue is like whether or not it's a violation of spe- free speech or, you know, this, and, you know, this, that, but the fact that you're using their platform and they have that freaking, you know, 
thousand page, you know, do you accept they, these terms? They can terms? do whatever they want. They though, can do too. whatever they yeah. want because no one's reading this. Um, who, who, but even if you do read it, what are you going to do yeah, about it? If you don't you agree to it, you same can't. Same thing like, like your phone. It's like they tell you these are the terms of services. If you yeah. get to use our phones, you you have to. It's not like you're like, well, I read it. I'm not happy. Right. I'm going to go over and read this other one now. Like, yeah. and just, I'm just going to read and, for the rest of my um, life. Not so, so I think the the only thing is, though, I think Twitter, they didn't. Uh, they didn't delete his his account. I know YouTube deleted his channel, but uh, how many subscribers did you have? Do you he know? had two point four million followers. Oh man! Yeah. So, um, what's interesting because when I was sick, I was listening to a lot of Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. And Joe Rogan's that. actually good friends with Alec Jones, and actually had him on the show. Yeah. Um, and so when Alex, you know, Alex Jones, he's very vocal. He's very passionate of what he says, but sometimes he gets. Just gets carried away. Yeah. Um, well, he's made a lot of money doing that. He's right? made, yeah, he made a lot of money doing that. But like sometimes he just gets carried away, and so people can take things out of context. Get out of here! People <laughs> take things out of context. Of course, like same thing. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know? But um, and so what's interesting is that like Joe Rogan played some of his um, some of the, what the news people are saying about Alex Jones. Joe will call a guy out. Yeah, he will call a guy out, yeah. but he's actually good friends with Alex Jones. Yeah, oh, he said he's and, crazy, though. And he's... so, yeah, he admits that he's crazy, but, like, he also mentions that he also played back Alex Jones' actual podcast completely and basically... Broke the, it down with him. Broke it down with him, and what happened is the news the newscasters obviously takes little bits and pieces of what he says yeah. but when you listen to the full transcript he's basically talking about hypotheticals oh and so what happens is like you know so and so may have done this may have done that yeah and stuff like that but they take out may have and basically have done this you know where he turns it into a theory like yeah, it's into like a yeah. theory but but i mean he has made some weird you know like he made comments about you know, the Sandy Hook saying it was a hoax. You know, the families are paid actors. Uh, and, that's and, what JD was telling and, me about. And, that, and yeah. so, yeah, it, it touched, it touched all, it, it makes, it's very a touchy subject. Especially where, for the people that were involved in that. Yeah. yeah. And so, you, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because, I mean, he still has his website, but obviously his hosting, you know, if he you know his still... hosting server can even delete his website if if they wanted to. Really. And so you know nothing is really um, sacred or safe whenever you use the internet because obviously one it, it can take out of context. Two you know if you say the wrong thing or you know whatever or people don't like it, they can totally shut down whatever you say. What was the thing that did him in, you think? that I think it, they, didn't really, they didn't really say specifically, but mainly basically enticing violence. You know, they, they just kept saying hate speeches and stuff like that. I don't know, JD, do you want to chime in? Uh, he, uh, he, recently, he said he was going to shoot Robert Mueller. Um, he said that he would hope that when he does shoot him, that it would come down to a situation of them just being alone, and it could be like a Wild West type situation, but he said that he was going to shoot him. Um, he, he has said hypothetical stuff, but he has said a lot of other things yeah. uh, emphatically. Or, you know, Here's the thing. I used to listen to Alex Jones when he had a very small fan base, and he was a completely different 
person. He didn't speak uh, like a lunatic. He talked very calmly and intelligently, and he's the way he spoke. And I noticed, just like with anything, once he started acting and talking crazier was when he started making money and he, from yeah from that and he and attracted so he, more viewers also correct and then he and then he attracted more viewers yeah. and he started saying more and more outlandish things and you know it, a lot of people don't show. even understand with him he was in a um a custody battle over his kids or i don't know maybe he's got one kid or two kids but he admitted in court cuz they were trying to take his kids away from him or something like that that Basically, everything he does is an act. Yeah, and he's okay. playing. You know, he's playing a character. Now, what, what? Now, whether he said that to try and make himself look better in court, you don't know. But the fact is, the you know, Sandy Hook is just one of the many things that he said. And I'm all for free speech, but these platforms, people have to remember, are essentially businesses. Yeah. I mean, they are. They are. And instead of walking into Facebook, you log into Facebook and or, or, or Instagram or wherever. And just like any establishment has their own rules, you know, no shirt, no service. They have rules. And, you know, he violated. And, and here's the thing. He's violated them before yeah, lots of times. And they've given him pass after pass after pass because they know that he's very popular and his his fan base is, is uh uh very loyal and and uh rabid at times so they've cut him slack in terms of like okay well you fucked up but we'll let you stay you fucked up we'll let you stay and you know i i don't know if if the robert Mueller robert Mueller comment recently was what did him in or if there was something else because i don't uh really listen to him anymore it's just it's it's too ridiculous but i can see it because everything he basically talks about and has talked about for the last couple of years has like he used to have intelligent discussions about conspiracies yeah now it's like he doesn't have intelligent discussions about conspiracies he tells you his opinion and why he's right and why everybody else is wrong and how he knows for a fact, you know, like the Pizzagate thing, like Hillary Clinton running child fucking sex slaves out of a pizza parlor, right? Like yeah. he knows, he knows it's true, and he's he's damn near been there and had a slice of pizza at the parlor, like. Jeez. And everybody who tells you different didn't fuck, you know, like. And uh, so I, I, you know, I see both sides of the coin, but ultimately, these are public companies, they're businesses, and they are within their rights to it's to do that it's essentially yeah. almost like it's this is modern day tv these platforms or, or youtube kind of it, it's the new tv or, or a you know different form of it it's almost kind of you know like the roseanne situation with the network acts does something that is out of line you know they pull the show this guy's doing stuff that's causing more harm than good on a whole i would say uh based on what the feedback has been. So they're just essentially just not allowing him the privilege of, of being on there anymore. So Yeah, and uh, J.D., uh, he actually has three kids. And what happened Does was... He? Yeah, uh, what happened was his attorney saying that he was playing a character, 
But then in court, uh, Alex Jones says, no, that's actually the, mo- the real deal. I am the real deal. And so he lost custody oh, wow. based on what he said. And so, but he means, maintains uh, visitation rights. So the, the mom has the kids and not him. It's crazy. Yeah, because I remember they, 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 play, they played examples in the court mm-hmm. uh, of some of the clips of him. And it wasn't like hypotheticals or anything. And I believe initially his lawyer said that he was playing a character. Yes. And it caused a bit of a, not an uproar amongst his supporters, but people were sort of like, hey, wait a minute. Are you fucking lying to us? Right, and then then he came out and said, "No, I'm and actually." He, yeah. yeah, then he yeah, so he came out and said, "No, I'm the real deal," and he lost his kids over it, which is weird because it almost seems like he picked saving his his career. fan base, which you know you got to remember too. Like this is bread and butter. Like you go and look at the merch that he's been hawking oh, in the last yeah. umpteen no, years, he's making a lot of money you know, the, doing this. those those wallet protectors that will block the RFID chips. Mm-hmm. And the, the you know these sprays that you can put on that will save you, protect you against fucking chemtrails and like, he's got all of this hocus pocus shit on his website, and he sells a lot of it. That's what I'm and, saying. Yeah, it's uh, what an interesting day and age we live in. I I don't know what to make of all of it. I've heard some of the stuff. I don't. It's. Um, it seems pretty outlandish on a lot of it. I don't know enough to, to speak on it intelligently, nor do I think I want to. But Oh, my God. He got knockout sleep supplements. Yeah, what are some, oh, what so, are some of the shit he yeah, has Yeah, knockout sleep support. What's, um, in that? What's in that? What's in knockout sleep? Do they have the ingredients? I'm curious because uh, I'm coming out with a sleep aid. I don't. Let's see. I'm just going to mimic everything this guy's doing. <laughs> yeah. InfoWars Start knockout really is an incredible sleep aid support. Something by Info, InfoWars Life that packs a powerful punch with eight ingredients will help you sleep better and faster. Uh, does it have the ingredients? It does. It says val- <laughs> valerian root extract. Okay. No, those are – that's – that's, that calms you at night. Okay. L-tryptophan. Okay. Uh, melatonin, melatonin. And lemon balm leaf extract. Yes. And then GABA. G-A-B-A. G-A-B-A. <laughs> this is, guys, not going to lie, this is, sounds like a pretty nice fucking sleep formula. Yeah. Uh, he just puts it with some crazy talk around right. it, though. You know, knockout sleep support. Uh, he has super... Get rid of the bad thoughts, he has, brother. Uh, Super blue fluoride-free toothpaste, uh, blended with iodine, nano silver designed to deliver powerful clean uh, while supporting good oral health and fresh breath. What are some of the, okay, like, so, wait, he has supplements, he has toothpaste? Yeah, he has, let's see, uh, survival shield, a super male uh, vitality, DNA force plus, super female. Vitality. I want to see you take a look up. I want to know how much money he's bringing in on all this. this yeah, is I mean, a lot. Some, you know, some of he gets like, banned. Somebody gets to fill in for him here. This is <laughs> <laughs> just start making some outlandish. He has story. iodine uh, formulas, alpha, alpha power. I need to be more alpha. Yeah. Oh my god. What's it's, in that alpha fucking potion? What? Uh, let's see where where I miss it. What else does he have? There's yeah, alpha power. It is. Uh, is it a testosterone with, booster? With alpha powder, you can be in charge of your energy again. Ooh, I'd like to be in charge. With you, 
Alpha powder helps with large amount of functions for your body to help bring you to the peak of your optimal health. Thirty day supply. And What's in Alpha Power? Is it? I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Here we go. I right, let's see. You can. I can't. Let me see. see. Niacin, zinc, LJ one hundred is actually great for natural testosterone. Uh huh. Organic maca root, horny goat weed, tribulus. Eh, questionable on tribulus. It's yeah. some, some of the research is... Okay. Not going to lie, though, again, it's not nowhere near what's, what's in the big guy, but again, the ingredients he does put in there aren't bad. But you know what's crazy, though? Like, he is, you know, I... He's just a hell of a marketer. He's a, definitely a hell of a marketer. You should hire... power. You I should, should hire Alex Jones. A, I should consult him here on... <laughs> Mr. Jones, can you help me out a little, brother? No, that's yeah, uh, and then and then your your podcast and everything will be deleted. Yeah, I just disappear. <laughs> oh man, I'm too close to Area 51 too. I don't, that's true. Yeah, I would just go. You back. can you you can have him on the show, and your new theme song to enter the show will be Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's just a crazy world. I mean, did you see the thing by the way today? I was before we wrap this up here, get to the PJ Black interview. The uh, on the news today, one of the girls I know from the gym, <clears throat> I guess a guy killed his family. Did you see that? No, a man killed his wife and kids and stuffed them in an oil tank or something ridiculous. But the girl was like, Oh, I read something about that, but I didn't read it. I didn't read it, it either. I, saw, I, I saw just, the she headline. just had a clip of it. She on like, her. Su- didn't she like survive? Oh, yet? did the woman survive? I think I, I thought I thought something like that. Let me I see. thought he, they said, Yeah, look it up. Could you? I would, I was just like, uh, she just had the news thing. But it's again. I was like, "This is why I can't watch the news, because it's just death clip after death clip, or like, it's just thirty minutes of fear, no matter what." Like I've 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 put it on. Like, hey, let's see. Oh my God! First thing they're coming at you, trying to like. Yeah. This bo- is oh no, no, they didn't survive. I'm sorry. Bodies of the Colorado mother, two daughters, uh, were submer- submerged in crude oil for four days. Uh, the father oh. is in custody. Did it say why he? Uh, I mean, Dude, it, it could be a whole variety. Yeah. Uh, the body he's of, a sick fuck. Yeah. yeah no, the bodies of two young girls were submerged in crude oil for four days before author- authorities discovered them on Thursday. According to court documents filed Friday by an attorney defending the girl's father against accusation that he killed his children and wife. Um, what has to be DNA? Imagine being the attorney that has to defend that piece of yeah. shit. Let's see. Uh, expert who believes the oil would not eliminate DNA and said sample will be it. So they, so he strangled them uh, first and then he stuffed them in the crude oil. <sighs> yeah. It's, Was that barrels? Like barrels of oil? Um, they didn't specify what kind I of... I would imagine, barrel, right? Barrel oil. I wonder, like, where the fuck did he even get... Wasn't that on Dexter on one of the seasons? There was a killer yeah, and he was putting what, everybody in those. Yeah, that's what it. That's what I was trying to like figure out the, like where did he get this or like where did like he just had these sitting at home or what? No, no, no. Actually, what happened is I think he must have taken the bodies to a property that's owned by a petroleum company. It's one of the largest uh, oil and gas drillers. So. The, the 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 husband worked as an operator there. Oh, uh, so he, okay. yeah. So he took it. Probably it's probably is a barrel or something like that because. So he how did he get caught? Did they say how they? I don't know. I think maybe cameras. Maybe it either can't. Uh, you would they think? said authorities found him like four days after. 
Um, oh, found the bodies? Yeah, found the bodies four days after. Ooh. So I'm assuming probably the mother or something like that reported that they're missing or something like that. Um, uh, and it's, yeah. Let's see, don't understand it. Work at things, she had friends with family. Yeah, it doesn't ex exactly say. Maybe. I'm assuming friends and family must yeah. say they went missing because obviously four days is a long time yeah, not, not seeing anybody. From, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. And then if he didn't report them missing, you know how do you know what I mean on his end? Like, he, yeah. he, there's no. But you know, it's it's, it's just imagine if like he must, you know, this different scenarios like if he dumped them while they're still alive in the oil, that would be a horrific way to. No, die. the whole thing. That's it's what just, I'm saying. Yeah. This is like Ugh. it's Ugh. your own family. Like it's an, it's like every every day you hear stories about how human beings can do horrific things. Yeah. Um it's we've done them from day 1 and it's but it's just like I hate seeing like even I wish they wouldn't cover this stuff from sometimes. I mean obviously it's going it's just it's it doesn't it doesn't there's nothing good about it whatsoever. Yeah, it it seems like the you know it's it's frustrating that news you know before I think the news would just report on things what's going on with the city or the town, whatever. But it seems like some of these things, like homicides or that's all that you it know, is. Fights. That, it's one thing if it was sprinkled in when there was good news yeah, and like it was it's, like it's, it's not. Like it's never it's, good no, news. Never with the news. Anymore. That's why I can't watch. It's just and like it's it's, it's 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 just not you know. The, you know, they always say, like, how, you know, NFL athletes are, you know, self-centered or, like, you know, basically athletes in general, that, that they're horrible. But then you see you see an athlete goes to a hospital and, and, and see 100 yeah. kids to, you know, help lift their spirits or doing good things for the community, but that never gets reported on. No. Or, you know, even, like, wrestlers who, you know, like, I know, you know, like, wrestlers would go out and help. Yeah, no, that's you know, always, it's constantly But they doing never things. report that type yeah. of stuff. And is, is, this, is this really frustrating? Well, that's what, yeah. If, a, if the news reported more good things, I think the world would be, it would be better. That's it would what, be a lot it better. It creates, that's one of the things with it. It, it puts you in a negative state. Yes. And it, that's what I was saying. And it, you can't trust anybody no. anymore. And, it, and that's why, and again, that's what me and J.D. have talked about this. It's not just social media. That's one part of it. It's everything else with it. The media is a huge part of it, and it's creating more anger in people, and it's just like people are just angry all the time, and it plays a huge part of it. If you quit watching that stuff, that's the best thing I could tell anyone. Quit watching the news. Yeah. Quit reading the newspaper. Quit watching there the news. There is something in the um, – I, I mean, I, I think I should we should talk about next next podcast, but – there was something going on with like social media that's like um, telling kids or telling people to do bodily harm um, to themselves or commit suicide. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't. That's I don't like know. one of the things going around on. Like, yeah, I don't know if we, do we have time to talk. We can talk. Okay. Yeah, briefly. Yeah. So there's a thing called Momo. Um, I guess it's it's um, they showed us really it's it's an oblong. Um, it's. It's a picture of this, you know, Photoshop. Look, it's like freaky. Yeah, that is. Yeah. So it's called the Momo, the Momo suicide game. And so what happens is uh, it, it tries to tell people to communicate through WhatsApp. This is how it started off yeah. with WhatsApp. And basically tell them to, to uh, please Momo or this horrific thing, commit prove that you can do it by committing bodily harm or commit suicide to yourself. And, this and people of, are doing this. People are doing this. And it, 
it's and so now my you know Microsoft now with Minecraft Minecraft is a popular game that a lot of kids play yeah that they're going in and trying to you know trying to get these kids to do to do you know harm and how are they so what is this how are they reaching these kids through what platforms do you know well through WhatsApp um, and so but I how think, are they like even getting their phone number? I think I'm is just, it through like Instagram or Facebook? Is this like what's the yeah? So here's the Twitter? thing. So here's like uh, so one of the articles I just read is through the uh, well, this is weird. I mean, I think it started off, it started off in like in Asia, um, and then it slowly it came through here. Um, so your people, Joe. Yeah, my people. Um, horrible. So. So yeah, I guess it's um, one of them. One of, one of the news reports saying there was a death of a twelve-year-old girl in Argentina. Um, so this is what this is called. What's the uh, Momo WhatsApp challenge? Uh, the Momo game refers to an online challenge that actually started in actually Facebook, for which avatar okay. of a grotesque woman is being used. However, now it's being spread via WhatsApp. So maybe it's just a random message on WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, so the grotesque woman is being used for the challenge is an artwork by a Japanese artist, Midori uh, Hayashi, who has no association to the game in any way, but the artwork's known as Mother Bird, which is a, is a link with Link Factory. The uh, image is horrifying and bizarre. It portrays a girl's face, which appears to be distorted. The eyes are popping out and bulging. It appears to be like two momos, or only with eyeballs. The mouth is curved to extent of being alamolius. Okay. Um, the body appears to be smaller than a face. The horrific, the horrific photo is being used to make teenagers take their lives, just like the Blue Well Challenge, which I'm not familiar with the Blue Well Challenge. Yeah. Uh, children are contacted through unknown numbers, the accounts which have been associated with three numbers in Japan, Mexico, and Colombia. Uh, children are sent uh, a set of instructions and if they fail to follow those, uh, fall, uh, if they fail to follow those, they are threatened with violent images. And so, um, how many do they? How many people have? have why not? I mean, they said uh, a kid, a twelve-year-old kid, died in Argentina. Um, let's see. Let's see. However, cyber, however, cyber crimes experts are calling it nothing but a hoax to steal information. Um, but one girl's killed herself already. Yeah, one of the girls killed herself already. Um, yeah, it's... So, yeah. We live in a scary day, man. Yeah. Day and age with this stuff. That's for sure. I don't know what to Dear say. kids, go back to fucking Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, this is... Uh... Even that, even that, like, I'm sure... Well, even that... Well, here's the thing, though. Pokemon, people walking around, looking at their phones, getting hit by cars, or falling off cliffs. I was wondering <laughs> that, like... <laughs> yeah. it, that's right. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. A car almost. Uh, yeah. I uh, walk into the gym the other day, leaving the gym. A car came blowing by, and I was walking across the street. And usually, because when you walk the gym, the cars all go slow in front of the door because everyone's walking. There's a, the street to go to your, the cars. And the car was driving, and it was going slow. And I assumed that I was going to be fine. And I'm like looking. And then all of a sudden, as I'm going, I realize the guy's not paying attention. He's looking on his phone and just keeps going. Like, and I just stopped. I was fine, mm -hmm. but he wasn't. Didn't even see me. And it was like, but it, 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 like, you yeah. just got to be. But phones are. I was. I was curious about that. How it seems like it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Because every time I look, I see people on their phones and situations. 
you see it walking all the time. I, people walking across crosswalks or it's scary. Yeah. So what happened to this guy? That's oh, that's, jeez. That's, that's a nightmare. Imagine being a kid and getting that. And yeah. Like, that's... And then, yeah, just imagine getting freaking messages. It's like, hey. That would terrify know. you. Yeah. That would, that would At the very you. least, give you nightmares yeah. as a kid. And then you have to show them that you cut yourself or you broke an arm or yeah. something like that to show that you're actually. These kids are very impressionable. Yeah, they're very, yeah. It's just, it's, I think there's too much information. What happened with the, you said the cell phones though? People were falling off cliffs? like. Well, yeah, people like trying to catch Pokemon on their phone. Wait. And walking around. Hold on, I, no way. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> I'm you, sorry, I'm laughing because no. it's like, if you walk off a goddamn cliff. No, that's what I'm, I'm trying to, like, I yeah, mean. When, what's the story on that? Is that like a. Yeah, a, Pokemon Death Cliffs. So, because I'm not, so I know so, nothing yeah, about Pokemon, so, but I know people, you, you can. Yeah, so basically you get a notification that uh, there's a Pokemon that's near you. Like if you go, <laughs> this is so yeah. stupid. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're going, I can't imagine. I'm sorry. Holy I never, the thing is, I actually, I refuse to play this game. Yeah. Uh, even though I actually, uh, if you go to woodrocket.com, I do play a Pokemon character in one of the parodies. Yes. Um, but wait, people, because I've seen that, so you can collect these Pokemon, the whole th idea is collecting as many Pokemon exactly. as Exactly, and there's rare Pokemons, and yeah. basically, I guess, you fight with other people and stuff like that, whatever. Um, this and is so, blowing me away. So, yeah, they said, let's see. Um, so, but people on your phone, it says, oh, there's a Pokemon 20 feet away, and fucking Jeff runs trying to catch this Pokemon on his phone, but goes running off a cliff? Essentially, uh, is that... Let me see. Does that sum it up pretty much? Is that... Pretty much. There's, there's a website called Pokemon Go Death Tracker. There's been 16 deaths. <laughs> 16? 16 deaths, 55 injuries. Let's see. Pokemon Go Death Tracker. Yeah. This is a thing. Man died of heart attack moments after catching rare Pokemon. Libras. <laughs> Uh, Chesapeake man killed by security guard was playing Pokemon Go since family lawyer. Uh, let's see, nine year old boy killed by truck driver playing Pokemon Go in central Japan. Jesus. Uh, intoxicated motorcycle kills boy playing Pokemon Go. Drunk uh, on a bike playing Pokemon Go. No, 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 no. Uh, the, the boy was playing Pokemon Go. Okay. And a and motorcycle the, was drunk. killed the, the boy. Okay. Um, that's something. Actually, you can, you can click on these links. So there's a website called Pokemon Go Death Tracker. So right now, 16 deaths has been reported and 55 injuries. I wonder how long this has been going on for and how many years this But is. it hasn't, let's see. Pokemon's It looks like it hasn't bit, been right? updated since November 4th, 2017. So oh, there's definitely but probably, there's probably 20 a lot deaths more. now. But yeah, so, the herds her herds gotten a little thinner since then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Bill Burr, the comedian Bill Burr. Yeah, yeah. He always talks about population control. You know, because we're just overcrowded. I yeah, yeah. we are. And so it, it, all he all his specials is talking about getting rid of people. <laughs> I feel like I, I might think, have seen one of these recently. Actually. I think yeah, I think it's 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 crazy though. We are like, overpopulated. The diseased minds well, are running stronger funny, than though, ever. Like, Lost souls, diseased what's minds. Really frustrating is like I know people say we're overpopulated, but there's still a lot of bland space. Montana, Joe. This is what I've talked about with with. <laughs> The girl that I'll know she's the one for me, she agrees to move to Montana with Yeah, me. but Yosemite is a fucking is about to erupt. You know, there's parts closer to Canada. That's a, that's a super volcano. Yosemite. Wyoming, 
North Dakota, South Dakota. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna explode by Yosemite. It's, it's there's somewhere safe in that area. Right. Build a wall around the house. Yeah, build. Volcano proof. Well, wall. there's gonna be a wall built down in Mexico. So be somewhere be... in Montana with a wall around a castle with a moat inside with alligators <laughs> and just several layers of protection. I can see you in a castle. It's like, yeah. who goes ye? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Me just in a king's outfit? Like you fucking? What the, just... It'll 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 be volcano proof, fucking Pokemon proof, and Momo proof. Yeah. On a, it's like on its own. And Alex Jones proof. Yeah, just on like a little mountain, like above, so the, the lava, a little protection. Okay, on that uh, note, yeah, I no, think no, we should yeah. just go to next to, uh, to uh, PJ's. No, yeah, let's go ahead. We're going to take another break. We got the PJ Black interview coming up next, and we'll be right back after these messages. <sighs> I am the ultimate Ryback, and I am here to tell you about Feed Me More Nutrition. It is the ultimate premium in sports nutrition. Wake up unlimited energy. I take it non-stop. And I am all the unlimited energy from the gods above my blood. My my skin, the energy is pouring through my system. The big guy, all natural testosterone booster will be giving you erections to the heavens. And if you need protein, protein builds muscles upon muscles. My I. So hungry, premium grass-fed, prebiotic, and has whey protein. Isolate is what you need. Fat, burn body fat with shell shock. Extreme fat burner, the most powerful fat burner on the market today. Feed me more nutrition. Save 10%. With podcast 10 available on feedmemore.com and Amazon. The uh, you have you have a, a girlfriend now, correct? I do, I do. A lovely Bolivian girl. How how long have you two been together? Because I've noticed that in the thing, I, I feel like you've never been happier. I, I haven't, I haven't been happier. She's amazing, she's like. She's my soulmate for sure. Um, she is, yeah. What can I say? I think it's been it's been a year, maybe. It hasn't been that long, but it, it feels like I've known her forever. Yeah. No, I I I've noticed that with you and in the things you're doing. I was like, man, I need to get myself one of those. Like that's me. The, <laughs> the right person is uh, yeah. is what I because I feel it's just I've never seen you happier, and I've known you for a long time, and. Wrestling, I feel like, and we're always being on the road. It's hard sometimes to be in a, in a in a good relationship, and I feel like you finally found that. So I'm really happy for you personally on that note because I think it's when you do meet the right person. I think it's I wouldn't know anything about it, but it seems like it's fucking amazing. <laughs> it is, man. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. Also, she met me at my worst. She met me when I came out of the hospital. Um, I was still in a wheel. I was still in a wheelchair. I had this long frizzy gray hair. My beard. I remember this. Place. I was skinny fat, you know, like I was, yeah, straight out of the hospital. So I, I know, I know she really loves me. That I was going to say, yeah, you know, she really loves you. That, that's, that's honestly, people don't understand 
when you're on or been on TV or on TV or anything of that nature, if people think you have any status whatsoever, it, you sometimes cannot get the real person. But I feel like in this situation, you've met somebody, a genuine person who truly cares about you. And man, that's everybody strives for that. So congratulations. Thank you, man. And it's great because she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't know wrestling at all. I mean, she, she came to the show this week and she loves being at the shows for it. something completely new, you know. And it's funny, she's from South America and she doesn't even know who Rey Mysterio is. I feel like... <laughs> I know, I feel like you, met, just, you might have met the perfect woman for a wrestler because I like that's... Man, that's great. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if you want to you know, be obsessed I, with wrestling. I, was, uh, I did a show two nights ago. We did this... Uh, wrestling show in a, in a, at an EDM festival, which is perfect because you know me and electronic music. And it's oh, a yeah. tournament wrestling thing. It was in a club. It was dingy. It was dark. And then, like, these strobe lights and, like, these EDM bands playing afterwards. And, you know, everyone was standing and touching the ring. And, like, I was jumping around. And all I could see, she's she's short. She's, like, five foot two or something. Five foot one, maybe. <laughs> and all I could <laughs> see her is a big smile in the crowd. It's it cool. So it's, like, it's cool to watch her, like, learn, like, experience this completely new world of mine and she just like totally accepting of it which is cool you know like i've never found that before yeah that is uh, it's great uh, you were just talking about that music and i remember do you remember and i'll never forget this is one of the it's one of those things that like fans won't don't really know but for us in that period florida championship <laughs> wrestling crystal crystal river i believe and uh mm-hmm. i was skippy sheffield and uh you were main eventing that night and you had the you shut off the lights to the building so that your glow uh-huh. sticks, I think, you had something glowing and uh, uh-huh. they were selling them. But I remember Steve Kern like flipped his lid because he shut the power off to the building. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't yeah, get it back I, I on, that, I think. Something happened. I did, that, I did that for the whole run. I did the switch off the lights, come in with my glow sticks, my rave music, and yeah. this whole raver gimmick and stuff. And yeah, I remember that building actually because it took. 10 to 15 minutes for the lights to warm up again. <laughs> and uh, I basically did the match, match in the dark. And all I could hear was Dr. Tom and Steve Kern yelling from the back, PJ, you stupid mofo. I remember, yep. Cussing, <laughs> just going crazy. The crowd's been sitting there for two and a half hours. They're ready for the fucking main event. And the powers just get shut off. And uh, I, I thought and it was me great. dancing with my glow sticks. Yeah. It, you, I just remember you're so laid back. Yeah, it, it it was it was one of those moments I'll never forget. That's, <laughs> that was skip. a good time for sure. That's funny you bring that up. Like a fan mentioned that the other day. He's like, "Yo, man, what was your song called again?" It was called "Raise Your Hands Up," right? And I was like, "Yeah, it's good memory." That was like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's amazing how fast time flies. That building was where I wrestled. I debuted as Skip Sheffield against Kalen Croft. And that was my oh, first wow. match, and uh, I came out to uh, uh, that something Betty song. I can't remember the <laughs> the. Uh, Black, is it Black? Black, Black, Black Betty. Betty. Black Betty. By yeah. Ram Jam. Yep, by Ram Jam. That was Skip Sheffield's <laughs> music at FCW for a bit until they they gave me uh, some some custom music. And uh, great. speaking of that, great I was memories, gonna, right? do you remember one of my other things I wrote down I wanted? Do you remember the Florida Championship uh, ship Wrestling calendar we had to do with Alfred? Oh, yeah, of course. I have a, I have a copy somewhere. <laughs> I do too still. I, I saw it not that long ago. It was probably over a year ago. I because I have it in one of my boxes. Do you remember what what was your image? Because uh, you were the champion at that time, I think. But it, for everyone listening, it was this calendar of all. And I was thankful enough to be in this. They t- chose like twelve or thirteen of us, and uh, for the different months. 
And uh, me, old Skip Sheffield, was uh, shirtless in a pair of tight jeans and a cowboy hat and uh, with a bunch of haystacks. But everybody's photos came out very um, trying to find Rolling sheep? Yeah, yeah, very. It looked like it was, it was uh, a Chippendales calendar being sold to other men. Um, but do you remember what your image was? Because I, I just remember after looking, I was going, what the fuck did we just do? <laughs> Yeah, my, my, mine, mine is a, mine was a, mine was pretty much the character I was playing there, which was kind of like a stripper slash porn star gimmick. Yeah, I felt uh, like you looked cool like, in it. Which when I got to TV, they told me not to ever do again. But uh, I feel like yeah, mine was pretty accurate. But like looking back now, I was like, damn, I was I was a handsome man back then, you know. And I don't know what happened, but uh, no, I, <laughs> everyone I just... else's pictures are like very questionable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was guys like with like silly string in a bathtub, and like it was some weird <laughs> shit going on. And all, like I've got to go back. I'm going to Instagram this actually, so people can actually see what I'm talking about. It was one of the funniest things I've ever been a part of, and and I'm so glad I was a part of that. <laughs> what I was going to ask you this because I remember uh, this for me because I, I remember this period. I remember when you left WWE. And I remember the day. I can't remember the city. Do you remember the city we were in? Because I remember the building. That, uh, that, that, that we did the NXT? No, no. For when the day that you left WWE, when you, when you left the building. When you, when you... Oh, uh, Vegas. It was Las Vegas, actually. No. <laughs> Wrestle at the MGM. No, that was... Uh, no, because we were somewhere else. I remember the building. Oh, Austin. Austin, Texas. Yes. Okay, thank you. Because I remember the building. And yes. I couldn't remember the, with the city we were in. And I remember looking at that period and I couldn't believe it because I I was in shock because I always, to me, you were a guy they couldn't miss with. And and things happen and and we could talk all day long about all that, but you've had all the tools, I felt like, to market a guy from South Africa. I just thought it was a layup. And I've always told you that from from the beginning that I I, I still, to this day, believe that you could be one of the top stars for the WWE. And again, they stole time, man. I'm going to go back and fucking win the world championship just to prove everyone wrong. I know you will. I have no doubt in my <laughs> mind that you won't go and do that. It, it is. But do you remember, like, I remember for me, when my period, after my body started hurting and I had these injuries, I didn't know what was wrong. I couldn't fathom anybody ever leaving WWE, and, and especially you, because I thought there was so much upside and and but you had you were the one living through this period, and you know what you could do and what you're capable of, and people can't truly understand that until it actually happens to you, and and it yep. happens in different ways to everybody there, to different people there, and then fast forward to St. Louis, and for me, when I, I was really hurt, and I knew I just knew I had to get out of there, just something mentally in me told me just get away, you have to go, and and that had been building for some time for me. Did you have that a similar experience where it was months or or a year or, or over that, that you, you were contemplating walking away and, and going and doing your own thing? Or was it more a spur of the moment thing in your case? It, it was a little bit of both, you know, like I wasn't happy with the direction of my, of my career. You know, I was pitching storylines. I was pitching everything. I was like, I even pitched a 205 live show. I pitched that show years back. Like I pitched that so many times. I'm, I'm just happy they're using it right now. But yeah, I pitched storylines. And I just wasn't happy. And I, I thought about leaving. And then I was like, nah, this is my dream job. I mean, what kid in the business doesn't want to be a WWE superstar, right? Yeah. So it was just, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of like escalated to that one day. And that one day I was just like, 
you know what, fuck it, I'm going to go home. And I, I think I went home the, the, the two weeks before that because they didn't use me. So I just, I got on a plane and I just, I left, I went home. And then there's one spe- uh, specific day, uh, I think we're in Austin, Texas, yeah. And then uh, as I left, I was at the, at the airport and then they called me. <laughs> I think Mark Carano called me and he's like, yep. yo, man, we got something for you. You're doing something. And then on that spot, I was just like, you know what? Tell him to suck my dick and I'm just going to leave. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, and people, and you're allowed to feel that way because of the things you go through when you're there. People can't truly understand it. It's not, and, and with all that time and sacrifice, and, but I think is you get away and you go do your own thing and you, you live life. And I think it can, you've experienced the things that you've experienced. And I feel like now you've said like, you do have the goal of wanting to go back, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I do want to want to go back one day, cause just because I want to fix the things that I did mess up, and I, I do want to show people that I can do so much more than, you know, like I don't want to be remembered as that guy. I want to be remembered as something different. You know, if that happens, cool. If it doesn't happen, I'm okay with that too. But I, I, I feel like it will happen because everything I set my mind out to, eventually happens. I, I agree with you. I feel the same exact way, and I feel like it's just it, and it's unfinished business, so to speak, because and again, it's the biggest stage of them all. And if you're going to do this and be successful, I think it, I think it, you're more than deserving of of being in that position and doing it on a grand scale and making the most amount of money doing it, but in front of the most amount of people. Because you are, to me, you're one of the most talented professional wrestlers out there today. Because you could do all the cool shit that anybody else can do, but you actually look the part and know how to wrestle. And uh, you do oh, all the little things. Thanks, so. man. You're blowing up my ego here. This is good. Uh, you know what? I, I think I feel like leaving was good too because everything that used to be my my weakness is now my strong point. Yep. And I felt like if I never left, I would have never grown as a person, as a wrestler, I would have as an athlete, as a performer. I would have never have grown to where I am right now. So I guess it it, it was good, you know. Like and and hopefully the people they understand that and they're like, yo, this is it's a good thing that he left because now he's like even way better than he used to be. You know, like, like I said, like uh, my weaknesses, I feel like are my strong points right now. And that's, that's pretty cool. That's not, that's something I probably wouldn't have worked on while I was still there. Yep. I, if you went back, would you want to be PJ black or go back to Justin Gabriel? If you had your, I choice? want to be PJ black, uh, I ideally I'll, maybe Dr. Black even, or <laughs> even Darewolf. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I registered the Darewolf name and the, the trademark and the character and stuff like that. And it's actually, it's actually worth a lot of money right now. So I mean, that that's that's a plan. But you know, uh, who knows? Like, you, you, you never, never know, know those yeah. guys, right? Absolutely. I was going to say, and I wanted to because this was one of the rare moments Daniel Bryan ever put over anything. Me and you, I my some of my favorite matches was working you on the European tour. It was right after my program with CM Punk when I was heel, my second time with Punk, and they didn't. That didn't go as planned, uh, as far as from my perspective. And then uh, I remember they, they told me, Corano pulled me in the office and said that I was going to be working you uh, on the, all the live events uh, for the European tour. And I've never been happier because I don't think we ever got to wrestle. We never wrestled in FCW. And I thought we had, they were some of the most fun matches I remember having because we actually got to go out there and have competitive matchups. They weren't just like, they, I, I, we, I don't know how long they were. I feel like they were like 15-minute matches or in that neighborhood. But I remember Daniel Bryan telling you, cause Daniel would never tell me this, but tell everyone, what did Daniel say about our matches? Just so I could. Oh yeah. Me. So like Daniel is a guy that never gives anybody compliments. He Ever. never comments about the wrestling business or anything like that. Unless it's like, he has to, unless it's like story written, yeah, you know, but like, yeah, we, we came to the back one and he's like, 
whoa, that was a, such a great match. And I was like, I was just looking at him and thinking, I was like, you've probably never seen any of my matches. This is probably the first one yeah. I've seen. Because... <laughs> but, but thank you. I took it as a, as a huge compliment because I know that he never gives anybody compliments. And yeah, we had a good run, man. I think I think I I, I actually remember the building too. It was in England that he and he wrestled. And uh, some of my favorite like gifs, like gifs, are kicking me uh, from that match where I kick you in the face, and everyone's like, "Whoa, that was the stiffest kick ever!" But like you were like, "No, no. I didn't even feel it." That's just how good I am, right? Yeah, that, no, I remember you. Everyone, you were telling me that because there's a gif of you jumping off the ropes and hit me with like that uh, that back kick, and yep. I never will put my hands up on something like that. And the only guy that I didn't do that was, was, was Rob Van Dam, and I got knocked silly. And uh, <laughs> it was on live TV, and then I screamed fuck as loud as I could. Um, but I love Rob, and I should have put my hands up because I was told to put my hands up. But I, you know, big bad Ryback. But I remember not feeling they were the lightest kicks ever, and uh, those, those were a lot of fun. That was some good times for sure. I think, wasn't it like Bogner Regnus or one of those like events in the UK that we wrestled at or maybe in Manchester? We, we did a whole was... two weeks. That was, uh, I think there were a couple nights where I, they had me do something else, I think on the places that were close. But we wrestled right. a handful of times over the, the two week, the course of the two weeks. So I just remember yeah. like, it's always great when you can work somebody you have because our styles mesh really well with everything that you could do with the power. And it was just like... We had quite a few near falls in there. We were allowed to go out there and put in time, I remember. Compared, it wasn't yes. like a, a three-minute match or a four-minute match, and that's what I – they were a lot of fun. And anytime you can get Daniel Bryan to put you over, that's, that's a good day at the office. I know, and that, that's why for the, as long as I live, I'll never forget that, you know. And it, it was cool that they gave us time. And, like, you know, like everyone thinks I'm a spot monkey. I mean, I can do all the cool moves. I do everything. But, like, my speciality is storytelling, and that's initially what we do, right? Yep. So that's how you pull people in. Like if you can get a, an emotional response out of people and you, you can only get that by, by storytelling, people will clap if you do a cool spot. But like if you can get people to clap, I mean, you know this better than anyone, Skipper. If you can get someone to clap and have them emotionally invested and have them yell at a kick out at a falsy, you know, you take people on an emotional roller coaster of a ride, you know, and then, then that, that's, 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 that's the art. That's the art. That we do. You have to be able to pull people in and tell yep. that story. And you have to be able to slow it down. And that's what I, and I see, too, on the independents and stuff. And it's never been about the moves. It never will be. They're just one part of it. And there's so much more that goes into it and controlling a crowd. And I feel like you could take anybody and teach them the moves. And anybody that says you're just a spot monkey, they couldn't be any more wrong. But, again, there's, we, we tend to all attract these people online that, that have their theories and know it all. Uh, from an uh, outside <laughs> perspective, but I've always thought you've been more than you are. You are, you're great in there, and you do the small things really well. And I think you're one of the guys like if doing the seminars and things like that. You're one guy that I think people should truly listen to that are out there because you could do a lot of the things that a lot of these guys that that, that seems to be appealing to a lot of people today. But you also know how to do the, the small things and the basics really well. And and like you said, it's storytelling because at the end of the day, it's fake fighting. And fake fighting yeah. is fake fighting. But if you could bring people in with the story, with the emotion, and everything else that goes into pro wrestling, that's where the magic's at. And you understand that. You've always understood that. That's why you've always been successful. So people should listen to you is what I'm saying on that. But, <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That means a lot. That's true. Yeah, I do like teaching seminars because I do love teaching people what I've learned in, in developmental days. But not only developmental days. You know, like As a lot of people know, my dad was a wrestler. So uh, this Bamber. year I've actually been wrestling for 21 years. 
Wow. But I, I also ref, refereed matches for four years for my dad's company. So I've been in the business for 25 years, you know. So it's been a long learning process. And I do like teaching kids, uh, you know, up-and-coming kids what I've learned. And I've been doing a lot of seminars everywhere. And, uh, yeah, I've actually changed up my style a lot, too. Like, I do a lot of submission wrestling. I, I studied Finley in the early 90s. That's the type of stuff I do. I mean, I'll still bust out of 450 and a bunch of dives and high-flying moves here and there. Yeah. But, like, you know, like, it's, I, I feel like wrestling evolves and like we evolve and if you evolve with it that that's kind of cool and it's 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 challenging for me again which makes yep. it fun again absolutely and that's what you said something right there that's what i think for guys to me for pro wrestling pro wrestling is the illusion of a fight and granted the dives and all that they all have their place in it and especially when done at the right time in the right place but if you can go in there I, to me, the most rewarding thing is when you can go out there and do something and make people believe you really hurt the other guy, that's when you're doing your job and not actually really hurt the other guy is, is in having that intensity in a guy like Fit Finley that was just a rugged, he didn't do any flips, he didn't have to do any of that stuff. You believed he was going to beat your ass when that guy was in the ring and I think if you could bring that element to your style out there and still do some of the other stuff, you just increase your chances for not only getting over but having success in pro wrestling. So yeah, no, totally, totally. I mean, <clears throat> people can learn from that. I mean, there's so many good guys in that era. You know, the Fit Finley and the Dean Malenko's yep. and like the Chris Benoit's, Eddie Guerrero's. Those guys were phenomenal workers, phenomenal storytellers. I mean, they could do all the moves, but like, I mean, they didn't have to all the time. Yep, and that's the key. And that the key is longevity too in this, because if you're in and out, there's there's uh, that's not the right approach in my mind, anyways. But what do you oh, have no, going you're on? Right. What do you have going on now? You mentioned the CBD, and me and you talk about that stuff a little bit in California. What uh, what what do you got going on with all that? Yeah, so I basically I'm busy doing my own line of CBD products, uh, pain medications. Um, I have a product launching very soon. It's like a it's like a CBD uh, arnica camphor cream uh, gel. It's kind of like a, a Kind of smells like uh, what's that stuff we used to roll the biofreeze. Yeah. Kind of smells like that, but it it uh, it's 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 way better. Obviously, it's all, it, there's a bunch of plant stem cells in there too. Um, it, it's a phenomenal company out of Miami that I've partnered with. Okay. And uh, yeah, we should be be seeing some Darewolf uh, pain meds very soon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe that's... I should call it Doctor Black's meds. I don't know. <laughs> that's incredible. I actually I, I'm taking the CBD capsules, which I. Uh, consulted with you with before because I didn't know the the amount that I needed to be taken and, and you were telling me about twenty milligrams for my size and whatnot. Yep. But uh, I actually yeah, just I mean it's very new, you know. All this stuff was illegal a few years ago, so no one no one knew about it, you know. So there's all these studies coming on. CBD NFL players put all their money together uh, doing the re funding the research themselves because obviously the NFL doesn't want to recognize that this is a, a, a magic drug, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yes, a tiny bit of CBD in the morning prevents concussions, especially for wrestlers. That's very good because, you know, every time we bump, that's a mini concussion. People don't realize that, and these concussions build up. I mean, how many people do you know and I know that, that had concussions and had to retire from wrestling and all that? And, you know, like how many concussions have we had? So CBD, yeah. like, prevents that stuff from happening, and it helps that stuff. And even if you've had a bunch of that, it, it it helps tremendously. And, you know, it's a very new thing. Like, And uh, now that it's legal and stuff, people are already finding all these all this research out right now. So it's a it's a phenomenal time, I think, that we live in. Even even look at the stem cells. I mean, 10 yep. years ago, we didn't have access to all of that. I think, 
I think that we live in a phenomenal time right now. No, it's it's amazing with, when you we find stuff like this that actually works. How much resistance we give it because it is new and, and whatnot. But it's it's it has all these the the anti-inflammatory properties, and they have all these other benefits like you just mentioned to this stuff. And it doesn't. It's not the actual THC. There's no psychoactive proponents to this, correct? It's just CBD. You just get these health benefits and it doesn't, it's not getting high. It's nothing of that nature. It's just this particular part of the marijuana that actually has all these health benefits, correct? Yeah, it's just one cannabinoid out of the cannabis plants. And, and then, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds of cannabinoids in the plants and we're only figuring out all this stuff now. This is just the one cannabinoid that, uh, yeah, it's, it's not psychoactive, so it doesn't make you high. It just helps for PTSD, anxiety, sleeping patterns. It basically helps with all this stuff. And isn't it funny? Like, this is one cannabinoid that we're finding out. I mean, as humans, we don't even know, like, half of the stuff. Like, we all know about probiotics, right? Yep. Like, how many probiotics are there? There are billions. Yep. Do you know how many phytochemicals there are in one tomato? There are billions. We know of three of them. We know of three. So, like, that's how little we actually know no, about nutrition. It. So, it's kind of cool that we're discovering all these things and that, that we've actually discovered, like, what CBD does and how it works. It's phenomenal. I can't wait to see what else we figure out in the next few years. No, me too. I actually just started taking, I don't know, grass-fed bone marrow capsules that actually have the, the cartilage and the stem cells. And it's from New Zealand. It's actually on my health tips tonight. Uh, the exact brand that I take on that. But somebody mentioned it to me because I've done the powdered bone marrow and didn't like the, it was, I would take it with my protein, my ISO hungry protein shake and it, the taste wasn't the greatest on this one particular brand. Oh, I it was terrible, terrible, huh? Yeah, it, you know, it really, and I don't usually mind that stuff, but it kind of was just like, uh, there has to be a better way. And so I found the capsules and uh, it's grass fed and from New Zealand and, and hormone free and so I've been on those now for the for this week, and I'm going to stay on them because there's just supposed to be all these health benefits to it, and um, and these stuff that our ancestors have been eating bone marrow dating all the way back, and they've it's and all the, a lot of different animals do it, and there's all these health properties to this stuff. So we're discovering all this. So we do. We live in a really cool period, and I'm glad to see that you're doing something productive like that. That I always say the best thing. Like, we all have to make money. We all have to do stuff. But the best way to make money is actually providing something of service to people that can truly help their lives and benefit them. And it's good to see you doing something along those, those lines that it's just because there's a good way to make money in a bad way, I feel like. And I feel like you're doing it the good way, the right way by actually helping people and, and doing something that can benefit people's lives. So great job on that end. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, and I do believe that. I do believe if, if you're passionate about anything, you will eventually make money from it. And I believe that if you do good and try to help others, you will definitely make money from it. Obviously, that's not my initial goal. Yeah. Like, I just want to, I do want to help people and make people realize, like, the, you know, like live, living healthier lives and like all the information and the shitty information that's out there. And like, yeah, like, you know, if it makes me money, cool. But if I can help more, more people in the, in the process, then that's even better. No, that it, that's absolutely amazing. So I just want to say thank you for joining us. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got a busy night here with everything going on. And uh, is there anything that you wanted to go ahead and plug? Anything going on, uh, Instagram or anything you got going on that you want to get out there? Uh, basically, all my social media links are on my website. You can go to pjblack.com and you'll find my Facebook and my Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram, by the way. I have a little YouTube channel, which I have some of my favorite independent matches on there. A lot of my skydiving stuff is on there. A lot of my base jumping stuff is on there. And I'm busy editing 
my uh, base jumping documentary right now. Uh, you know, like everything that I did, all my surgeries, I documented the whole thing. Oh, wow. The whole 12 months. Nice. And it's just, Smart. I edit everything myself. So it just takes time. It's probably going to take me another month or two. But yeah, that'll be on my YouTube channel and yeah, all my social links. And you can buy some cool merch. Everything is on pjblack.com. Awesome. Well, PJ, thank you for joining the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm really stoked to be the first guest on your show. I've been actually meaning to ask you. I was like, yo, when are you going to get some uh, guests on your show? Let me co-host uh, one of the episodes or something, man. So you're more really than welcome to be the first guest. And uh... <laughs> I, I got an extra seat yeah. in here. I got a three-seater. Asian Joe's usually in one of them, but I got an open seat if you want to ever come in. It's a short drive to Vegas, and you could, uh, you could be a guest on the show whenever you want. Okay, that sounds good. I'll take you up on that, man, because I'm actually, um, I have a couple of Vegas shows coming up. I think the 30th, 30th of September, there's a, a pretty big show with me, Teddy Hart, John Morrison, uh, a bunch of us, a bunch of, bunch of good indie guys coming together in Vegas, so that should be fun. I'm going to come, come say hi to you. And that's actually, I just reached out to FSW about doing some shows for them here and uh, working something out finally to do some shows in Vegas, so I might be doing one of those with you eventually. Okay, sounds good, man. Let's uh, let's bring back the uh, the faction or something. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people would be happy to see us do a tag match. So you never know. I know that would be dope. <laughs> I'll, I'm ex- I'll be excited for that. I would too. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for joining us. You have a good night, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, have a good night. You too. Take buddy. care. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that interview with PJ Black. Thank you, PJ, for coming on the show. Part two there. As always, it was great catching up with PJ. Uh, he's one of the one of the really good guys out there. It'd be awesome to come once if he comes to the show. Yeah, he, me and him have a lot to to uh, to talk about. He will uh, he would fit in nicely here, and uh, he's talked about driving in from LA and coming into the studio to uh, to whenever we need a another voice. We don't always have to do. I feel I, I feel like driving in would be too subtle for him that he would have to like parachute in. Parachute you know? in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just I filmed the whole thing. If you can like lands in your freaking pole. <laughs> hey, PJ. <laughs> He's still doing. I got to give him credit, man. He's one of the true guys that he lives up to the gimmick. He's. Uh, hey. I thought after his incident, he would be done with all that. He's. He's. That's one guy enjoying life. No, he does. He's if you watch his Instagram. Life. Follow PJ Black on Instagram. You, uh, I believe it's PJ450, um, or something of that nature. I can't remember. He he says it on the on there, but he uh, he's still doing stuff. He's living life every day, man. Awesome. I mean, he's in a really good place mentally, so I'm yeah. uh, I'm very happy for him. With that, I think go ahead. We'll uh, do a little plugs here to close out this week's show. I was gonna go with uh, "Behind Blue Eyes" by Limp Biscuit, a big Limp Biscuit fan. But I like putting the songs of the weekend because then I think the YouTube show gets flagged now yeah. every time. So I don't because you're not allowed. And they actually did that, put up a video, uh, a wrestling video for me with that Desire song by yeah. Med, Meg Myers. Yeah. It got flagged on YouTube and Facebook, um, where that Facebook muted the sound off. And I'm like, since when? It's not like I don't understand. I, they don't can't even use music now. What's crazy is though, like I remember I posted up. Uh, an old video of um, a high school um, musical um, that I worked on, and it was a song like you know like or, you know Les Misérables or something like that. It was a song, and they were singing, and they cut out the song saying it's copyrighted. And it's like it's a 
someone else is singing yeah. it. What? How is that any different from like, you know, uh, American Goth Talent or yeah. you know, and stuff like that? It's on uh, YouTube. Just more rules with these platforms. Yeah, I don't know. I don't crazy. know what the deal is, but I think maybe uh, we'll just keep the song in for the podcast for iTunes and Stitcher, yeah, and not put it on the not YouTube, YouTube from now on. That way, it, uh, the show doesn't get flagged. So I don't know if the show got pulled or they just. Maybe maybe we should just start singing the songs. Yeah, just me. <laughs> oh, it's one way if we don't want anyone to listen to the show. Yeah. Uh, all right, Joe, anything you want to go ahead and plug um, in? AsianJoe.com. Oh, sorry, it was a little loud, but uh, uh, WebmasterJoe. AsianJoe.com. Uh, WebmasterJoe.com. Uh, no, no, Webmaster. I do have WebmasterJoe.com, actually, but I haven't done anything. So, But WebmasterJoe on Twitter and Instagram, um, I think, of uh, so I post just some fairly funny photos up on the uh, line for anybody's over 18. Um, my Twitter is actually kind of adult oriented, so if you're little kids, do not know Twitter, but Instagram, safe. Good deal, JD. <laughs> www. Well, hold on a sec. How do you guys say W? Do you say W or W? W. w. W? It should be W, double D. I just say W. I've never, I've never really. I just, you know, just W. Just skip the www and just say the name and .com. Nobody, yeah, nobody does the www no. anymore. Unless it's like a subdomain, but yeah. no one uses www anymore. I don't know why. I just had like a, a flashback in my head to like Todd Pettengill giving a report for something, and he's like the WWF SummerSlam, like you know the really emphasize the, way the W, yeah. So, but no, I I say WW, but ironattitudebelts.com, and you can check out my Instagram at ironattitudejd for all the coolest and latest and greatest customized weight belts. If you are in the market for one yourself, drop me a line. If you're in the market for a present, you want to impress your girl, and she goes to the gym, nothing. Nothing says I love you like I want you to lift more, but I want you to lift more in a cool weight belt, so I'm going to buy it for you. And uh, if you don't know what what to do or how to do it, drop me a DM and I'll help you out. Hey, JD, did you ever look at the the tile to incorporate into the what belts? The tile app? Uh, I did, and then I totally forgot afterwards. I have to go back. uh, Things have been pretty insane for me the last two to three weeks, but... I took a peek at it, and uh, I definitely have to revisit that. But also, I have to figure out a way to uh, put it in there and have it, you know, be secured. Yeah, for sure. Good deal. All right, guys. For me on social media at CWTBG and at Ryback22 on Twitter, at Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook, at The Big Guy Ryback22, and at Feed Me More Nutrition on Instagram, Ryback247 on Snapchat, youtube.com slash Feed Me More channel to catch this podcast each and every week on YouTube. My P.O. Box for all fan mail, P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada. 89136. Check out the Amazon merchandise for Feed Me More and Feed Me More Nutrition on Amazon merch on Amazon. Feed Me More Nutrition on FeedMeMore.com, Amazon and eBay, and in Las Vegas at Wise Chiropractic. For personal video shoutouts for any occasion by myself, go to cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback. Check out Wake Up It's Feeding Time, my motivational book on Amazon and Paperback Audible and Kindle formats. And for pro wrestling bookings, book the big guy at yahoo.com or Bill Barron at showbiz.com.
at AOL.com. And check out Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service. Save 15% at FuelMeals.com with discount code THEBIGGUY. And that's it for us this week, guys. Thank you for tuning in. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. Bye. Feed me more.